Oi, you, listen to this podcast. I wanted to mention up top real quick that I may or may not have mentioned that we're going to be talking about Spider-Man this episode. That doesn't happen, uh, because work reasons and we ran out of time. Uh, but hey, before you switch off and just give up completely, uh, give this one a chance, because we talk about really good stuff here anyway. Uh, we talk a bunch of movies, because um, we watched a lot over the Christmas period. Uh, and New Year's, so uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoy this anyway, Um, but definitely Spider-Man will be on the next one, Um, but yeah, just wanted to say that, love you guys, bye, hope you had a good Christmas and a New Year, and on with the show. City of Geek and Podcast. It's a new year. It's a new us. It's a new pod. Well, I mean, same pod, wow. different year, but um, we're here. Uh, how are you, Will, the co-host of this podcast? I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Had a good day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rushed around to get up to go out and meet someone today. That you didn't need to. That meet. I didn't actually need to meet because we weren't actually meeting. So, mm. um, which was actually a good thing because it woke me up well. Yeah. Because I was out the door and I was in the fresh air, but. Um, <laughs> In the cold um, yeah. of the morning. But no, it's all good, yeah. All good. easy on this, uh, what is a bank holiday today. Mm. Oh yeah, it is. It is. Doesn't feel like it because neither of us have been working, but... Um, well, I'm going to be working tonight, so... Oh yeah, We'll true. see how that goes. Mm. And hopefully I will be working tonight because I walked to work last night and I didn't have to fucking work. <laughs> it's been a good start for the new year, everyone. Cheers, work. That's right. Cheers, work. I don't care. For fuck's sake, work. Oh, well, I got some good exercise and blisters on my ankles, so Ooh, that was fun. So many. So many yeah, blisters. I got blister plasters on. They hurt. Have you ever had, like, what's the worst sort of blister that you can get? Is it the ones on your Achilles? I'd say uh, those, isn't it? Just an annoyance. Yeah. They're, or on the ball no, of your f- they, sole of your foot. They get, they're, yeah. like, in between the toes is a rough one. Oh, I've never had that. Oh. Mm. oh. Uh, yeah. I, I've had them when I've been wearing flip flops on holiday quite a bit, and your and and the flip flop little thing rubs in between your big toe and your. I never wore flip flops. Yeah, so. it's not. No. Oh, it's horrible because it, there's just because your toes obviously close together naturally. Yeah. There's always pressure on it. Yeah. So it's just oh, it's uncomfortable. Ouch. But the he, the heel ones are the most annoying because yeah, I mean, it's just a big slab of. Can't get skin, out of it. isn't it? Your yeah. your heel. You can't really. You can't get out of it, mate. Um. Anyway, yeah, hope everyone's had a really good year and a good Christmas, because that happened since our last podcast. Um, And we are, in this episode, going to be talking about news, which isn't a lot, and I want to talk about a bunch of stuff that I watched over the Christmas period. We've um, both done a fair amount of watching. Yeah, we've done a a lot of stuff. Um, Slash listening, slash reading, so... um, Yeah, hopefully we'll um, keep it somewhat brief. It wasn't necessarily a productive Christmas... Or anything other than watching physical, but watching yeah. stuff it was. Oh, it was very, very good, and we very got some good. really good hot takes for you in this podcast of stuff that mm. we've watched that has recently come out, and stuff that uh, has been out for ages that we haven't got around to watching. And we watched it, and we were like, "Yeah, it's cool." That's the thing that happened. Um, yeah, it's cool. And then we'll obviously talk about the that big film that came out like a couple weeks ago that uh, is called Spider Man, and we'll talk about that. And um, we were going to do it a couple weeks ago, but we wanted to watch it again before we have our conclusive 
objective hot takes on that Spider-Man. Ryan film. was very gracious to me and yeah. said that we would watch it again because... Yeah. You didn't have a good experience the first time. Well, I think we mentioned this. Did we mention it on the last? I think pod? so. I think so. It's some dickheads. I didn't have a, didn't have a great experience watching the first time around, and we'll get into it in a, a little bit. But yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, definitely glad to, we saw it a second time. Yeah, if you're going sure. to the cinema, maybe um, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Actually, watch the fucking film. Um, <laughs> or even if you're someone that just watches a new movie for the first time, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm watching something that I need to concentrate on, yeah. unless it's really boring. Yeah, shit. unless it's like Rise of Skywalker, then yeah, chat all you want. <laughs> Bingo, here we come, baby. <laughs> Thought I'd get it in there first yeah. one of the new year. Good stuff. Uh, we haven't changed a bit. You'd think in our New Year's resolutions, we'd um, crack down on us talking about um, Rise of Skywalker constantly. But no. That would be the only one for the podcast, would be don't resolution. talk about Rise of Skywalker as much as we do. Well, speaking of Rise of Skywalker... Um, <laughs> no, I don't have anything on Rise of Skywalker. Um, let's... <laughs> There was a momentary second you had me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was good. It was good. It was really good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Michael Shannon's Zod is returning in The Flash. And maybe Michael Keaton in Batgirl, too. Um, yeah, so there's... There's there's all that shit that's been happening. There's been a lot of weird things coming out of the DC movie camp, isn't there? Yeah. Just all sorts of crap. I all sorts I of rumours and things. I didn't screenshot that one thing. Uh, that came out when apparently um, hot scooper Grace Randolph because she's incredibly reliable <laughs> not as reliable as my tongue um... hey. <laughs> <laughs> let's just pause there a second everyone so that can be uh, so we can air that moment out a little bit that's fine that did just happen new year new me um, um, that was not meant to be we would be like to a... apologise on the Globe of Geekum company uh, for the, the we're a company uh, uh, we are now not as reliable as my speech impediment um, there that's, we go that's the one that's that the I was one, trying to go for not your tongue Never. <laughs> I mean it can involve my tongue but, um, anyway no she just came out and was like ah oh, yeah oh, hot scoops bad. were apparently like you know in the Flash movie they're going to erase the entirety of the uh, Snyderverse like you know apparently there's going to be a moment where Flash goes back tells Wonder Woman about Steve Trevor and then she, that causes her to save Steve Trevor from dying and then then that means that she won't be in Justice League or something and then she's going to go back in time and warn Superman about the, the the oncoming of Zod which then means he saves Earth and not blow up a million people in Metropolis and then that not causes Batman vs Superman to happen and then therefore not causes... Yeah. But Darkseid would still come. Yeah, Darkseid would. And Steppenwolf would. But uh, I don't understand. And I don't care. Do you know what's really bizarre about this to me? This? Oh yeah, and also Batgirl's going to be the new Batman. They're going to erase Batfleck. Mark Keegan's going to come back and be like old Batman training Batgirl. And then also uh, Supergirl is going to be the main Superman. Um, that's the takes. And if it works, it works. But also, why don't you just stick to standalone good standalone movies hey you're doing you you did well with Shazam Shazam Shazam's pretty good Um, definitely so Um, obviously um, you know obviously Shazam's good and then Joker was alright Joker was okay 
Shazam 2 looks pretty good. Joker was more than okay. It was a good yeah, movie. It was a very good movie. And then also the Batman's coming out, and that looks really good as well. So, um, But yeah. So the thing is that <laughs> confuses me about this, Ryan, is that? is that DC were the ones who came up with multiverse shit and perfected it and, and kind of did it a lot sooner than anything else, you know? Yes. It's the rain on your window. I was about to say, I thought that was a mouse. No, I don't I think it is. going shit crazy. Anyway. It's raining. It's raining. Great. Outside. Good stuff. Just in time for your walk to work later. <laughs> it's been great you, all day. It's been can you not? It literally says on my, on my PC, mostly clear. Evidently not. Lies. Anyway. Anyway. Yes. Um, yeah. So, basically, they have a multiverse thing. I mean, mm. that's what Flashpoint is all about. Yes. Is, boom, open up the multiverse. There's infinite yes, Earths. Because every company needs to do that now. Yeah. Yeah. But DC, DC have had that for such a long time. So, why do they feel the need to go back and? Just I mean, if if the like, whole raising thing is true, why do they feel like they need to erase it? Or can't they just park it in another universe and then just? Yeah. Continue? Or and just embrace it, regardless of if it was shit or not. Just embrace it. I yeah, I mean, like Man of Steel is pretty decent. Mm. It's a good movie. The rest aren't. <laughs> Other uh, than Zack Snyder's Just League and Wonder Woman. Yeah, the the rest of it is bollocks. But um, as you can tell from our previous reviews, uh, when we nearly started, well, nearly started when we did start this podcast way back when. Um, but yeah, Batman vs Superman is not good. Um, but no. Zack Snyder's Justice League was a good film. Yeah, it wasn't for everyone, absolutely, but it was yeah. good. And it's four hours long. And it's four hours long. But yeah. hey, maybe some movies could be four hours long, uh, or should be four um, hours long. Um, I yeah, that's the thing for me. The the other part of me is like kind of, kind of. A raised eyebrow though because is she just sort of wording it to sound triggering like they're going to mm. erase the because you know, obviously there's the whole Clickbait bring man. back the Snyderverse yeah. movement going yeah, on at the yeah, moment and things yeah. so that they they know if people people know if you put erase the Snyderverse that's going to trigger people that yeah. are passionate about it yeah. and be like no WB can't do this when actually mm. WB not might not be they might just be like whoa hey, hey we're just we're just going a different route that's all mm. Just Jackson, just League still thing. It's on HBO Max. Go, yeah. you know, we still respect that. Not yourself, aren't we? We're not going to raise it. We're not going to actively do a Rise of Skywalker and try and <laughs> correct the course, correct the plot of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. We're just gonna just gonna let it be, and we're just gonna move on with things we want to do. Yeah, and we're going in this direction now. Do what you want, mate. Um, yeah, it's fine. Apparently, shit's happening with DC. Who cares? Um, Jessica Henwick. Uh, turned down a role in Shang-Chi uh, because she didn't want to say goodbye to Iron Fist's Colin Wing. Uh, you know the actress Jessica Henwick? Mm, yeah. I've heard her name, yes. Yeah, you might recognise her. Right, I'm showing you a picture. Her. I do. She was. I in... don't know what she's been in because I haven't watched Iron she Fist. Was, was, but... <laughs> don't. Um, <laughs> no, but then then again, uh, Iron Fist was... Bu- Iron, Fast? Iron Fist uh, was bad, but Colin Wing, the character, was the good bit in it. And she was really good. And I was like... You know what? I understand that because I'd like to see her return. Like, if you're going to bring certain characters back, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, from certain Netflix shows, she'd be one I'd like to see come back. Not Iron Fist, though. That can just stay in a box. No offense. Was he, was the name Finn Jones? Yeah, he's the guy yeah. who played. Um, What's his face in Game of Thrones? And he died. Um, uh, he played. Uh... <laughs> Raz has come in chat and said uh, I mean I said goodbye to Iron Fist after five episodes and didn't find it too difficult yeah and, uh, yeah, it wasn't that hard to start watching it wasn't that hard to bin it um, uh, yeah no yeah Ma- makes sense mate 
Um, I'm trying to remember his character's name. Played. Um, I don't. Uh, I mean. Paid, uh, oh, it's on the tip of my fucking tongue. Yeah. Uh, never mind. Anyway, moving on. Was it Game of Thrones, wasn't it? It was in Game of Thrones. Ah, it's fine. Who cares about Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think those are the only two bits of news. Oh, no, I've got two more bits of news, and then we'll get on to the things that we watched. So, uh, John Wick 4, been delayed by a year. Oh. Cool. Cool. I mean, I'm just like, yeah, just delay it if it needs fixing or improving. Take as long as you need. Keanu Reeves is a busy man. I love Keanu Reeves. He's become a very busy man recently. I love him. doing a lot of things. He's so good. He's like doing a lot of the nicest man on the planet. So good. Um, and then also a bit of news is Coldplay. Um, the rock band will stop releasing new music in 2025. I'm not sure if you heard, but you did. They're, 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 they said they're going to stop after, t- I think they said 12 albums. Yeah. They're not at 12 albums yet. They're on nine. So they've got three more to go, basically, if they mm. want to reach that goal by 2025. So they've got three, three years to release three albums. So... Mm. Um, which they could do if they, they do. commit to it. Yeah. Um, I'm always. Do you know why I'm? I'm always hesitant when artists say this. Even even like Coldplay, who tend to be pretty like on track and in control with what they do, is that how many bands have said like that's it, and then in 10, 15 years time have got back together to release new music? Um, isn't that Paul McCartney every year <laughs> for some fucking Christmas shit? Or well, I mean, he, yeah, the Beatles never reunited, yeah, did fine. they? But um, but yeah, no, they're similar to that. It's like it's like. <laughs> Being a music a... artist and an artist in any form, for that matter, you can't just retire because no. you're always going to be creating things, aren't yeah. you? And then you're always going to want to share those things with people. I mean, a, qu- a band that didn't necessarily break up was Queen. Did yeah. they ever break up? I don't think they did. They just replaced... Uh, I think they took a break because Freddie Mercury yeah. went and did all of his solo stuff. Yeah. And then they came back uh, and did stuff and then shortly after that he was diagnosed with AIDS and then, mm. then they obviously were together till the end yeah they never they never broke broke up no but even after his passing they were still a thing I think they still are a thing um, yeah they, they haven't performed much whether it's a good thing or bad thing it's up to you to say well they're not anymore because uh, was it John Deacon the bassist I have no idea just it just disappeared literally just oh. went incognito and is just living his life somewhere fair play to him good on him I play to you, mate. Because he's ne- he's never at wherever any the, you are. Or he might have been at the premiere for Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't know. They would have probably invited him, but he, yeah, the, surely he was, he was. He's never involved in any of the Queen stuff. He's oh. he's not. I don't think he's even. I think most of it belongs now to obviously Roger Taylor and Brian May. Brian May. Yeah. I don't. He has nothing to do with it because oh. he just he kind of just said I want to just sink back into a regular life now. I've had enough of this. All right. Um, Which is interesting. Like it's not very often that you know. It's not very often that happens with no. with bands, but yeah, I don't know about the Coldplay thing. I don't. I think they probably will. I think they'll go and pursue other things. Like, for example, um, I know that uh, uh, Guy Berryman, the bassist, yes. is a very big car collector. Mm-hmm. Has a very big car collection of classic cars, and he also produces a car magazine that he he is basically the head of and and uh, curates and things. Oh, um, it started them. as just him and another friend of his doing it as a hobby in like their attic, being like, "Let's make a car magazine um, to show our passion for cars and stuff." Um, but they've got a whole thing now; they've got a clothing line and everything. Because Zoe's been more involved with things outside the band because I follow him on Instagram. But... Chris Martin has um, done other solo stuff with like other artists, hasn't he? By himself, not necessarily with Coldplay. Uh, yeah, he's like he he's did... done a few features with. He people. did like. 
He's featured yeah. on a... There's a Jay-Z song he's yeah. featured on. Um, there's... I'm trying to think. He's done. He's not done that much, to be honest. It's quite obscure things. Yeah. Or a little um, bit more obscure, anyway. Um, Rez says, uh, I remember reading about My Chemical Romance wanting to reunite on a tour back in 2020, but for obvious reasons it didn't happen. To be honest, yeah. I don't really know those reasons. What were the obvious reasons? COVID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was some, like, controversy. We've, why hit, they... tw- we've hit 2022 and oh, Ryan's forgotten about COVID. I've forgotten about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to get my third jab. That's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no, jab at people. Just don't, to remind you that we're not clear of that yet. But, uh, no, we're not. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's in, what's interesting is that, yeah, is, I, we'll have to wait and see, basically. We'll have yeah, to wait and see fine. what they do. What, still what got, happens, but still got three years. Three more them. albums and three years to come out, and that's doable. I mean, three albums and three wait, years. It's it? not like two albums every year, like in fucking way back when in the eighties and shit, or seventies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm. You count in years. Mm. <laughs> One, mm. two, three, seven. Mm. Yeah, there are nine albums, unless you count yeah. the. The uh, the e, the Blue Room EP that they released before they released their first album, in which case it's ten, so Maybe. two more. And know. it depends on whether you're counting Everyday Life as a double album, because mm. technically it is, but technically yeah. it's not. Raz is getting his jab in the morning tomorrow. Good on you, mate. You're saving the world. Good for you. Saving the thank, world. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't. I don't know. I. Yeah. It's interesting. We'll, we'll wait and see. I think yeah. Chris Martin will do his own things. I think the others yeah. will kind of keep themselves to themselves. I got, um, I got Coldplay's new album uh, for Christmas. Music of Spears. Thank thank you for uh, my brother for giving that to me. It's very good. All my mum. Have you had a listen? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, but I will do. You should have a listen. I know, I should. I got Ed Sheeran's new album as well. And I got uh, Linkin Park's Meteora Ooh. album as well. Ooh. Fucking good. It's got my favourite song on it. Numb from Linkin Park. Such a banger. Num um, is a good song. Right? Num is very good. Uh, speaking of... Uh, Do you know what's not very good? What is? Ed Sheeran's new album. <laughs> it's all right. I, I tell you what, just after we did our um, episode on equals, uh, I think... Oh, was it you in in the same room as me? Like, we literally, like, switched off and we started uh, stopped recording. And then directly after that, I went onto YouTube while I was, like, packing everything up. And um, every fucking ad on YouTube was Shivers. Instantly, don't like that song anymore. Because it's the same problem with Shape of You. It's just over being overplayed it's and overused. Good song, but there are other songs. There are other songs. That, there's well this done. weird thing that happens with... Like, Ed Sheeran has... I think I said it during... I don't want to get into this too much. But yeah, that's like, fine. Ed Sheeran has very much become like every, like a very PR savvy and very pr lovable artist like yeah. media and stuff loves him when he releases new music because yeah. he's the mr nice guy friendly guy yeah. no fuck it ed i want you to do something that's different i want you to do something that's better call someone a cunt or something i don't know <laughs> no, no you don't have to, <laughs> <laughs> don't have to start, start, start fights with radio djs you don't have to become noel gallagher or anything or oh yeah gallagher. Fair. okay that's fair you don't have to become one of the gallagher brothers yeah. just I have to go into uni and hear in Shape of You every five seconds. I cannot stand that song anymore. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I get it. It's true. Yeah, Shape yeah. of You is so. Oh. If I have, I've it's said annoying because I listen I... to Divide. I just when it comes to that, I just skip it. Yeah. 
It's such a shame because, like I say, I I really do like Shape of You, but like you, like you say, maybe I'll like listen to it every, like every other time it comes on. Like I'll skip it once, and then when it comes on again, I'm like, oh, all right then. I'm like that with songs. Nah, I have to skip yeah. it. I'm sorry. Every time now. <laughs> emo Sheeran. Yes, I want Emo, emo Sheeran. Sheeran as we well. want Emo Sheeran. Dye which, your hair black, Emo. I think we mentioned it in the thing, but apparently he's already written the next album, which was going to be Minus, yeah. which was going to come out before Equals. Yeah, we talked Equals, about this, didn't we? But yeah. he felt after the pandemic, people needed a bit of a lift, so he released Equals because it was a slightly more upbeat album. I'm ready for fucking... <laughs> I want Minus because <laughs> I think it's going to be better. Yeah. I want him to get back to his songwriting roots, not mm. his dance roots because ugh, can't. <laughs> can't I feel as though our review on equals when we did the podcast it was actually somewhat more positive than this but now like <laughs> no I think I was pretty negative I can't remember I can't I, remember I, either I, like if, if, it was if yesterday people, if it was people, so last yeah, year if people I mean? like it then fair yeah, I think it, there's, it, it does cater to a very specific audience yeah. uh, of people that like feel good kind of music but uh, not me. <laughs> That's fair There's enough. There's about four songs I can get behind on it. The yeah. rest I can easily forget about. That's fine. The podcast of opinions. And um, yeah, that's it. Deal Every with podcast it. is opinionated. Yeah, everyone's opinionated. Just um, um, deal with it. Should we, yeah, should we talk that's, about, that sounds good. That should sounds we talk about things that we watched over the Christmas period? Because you watched Let's some King Arthur stuff, didn't you? Yeah, we watched quite a you watched I watched, like a fucking I watched ton. You've literally loads watched. of stuff. I watched three, six, nine, ten things. <laughs> uh, and is that including what I watched yesterday? Uh, no, it's not. No, eleven things. Eleven I mean, things. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm watching The Witcher as well, so we'll get onto that as well. Oh, stuff yeah, as well. Um, yeah. What did you watch? What did you, what did you get? Stuff. Uh, Will on shape of you. My disappointment is immeasurable, and my day is you. Sorry, about that. Uh, <laughs> just cutting you off there. Um, Effectively. Um, yes. Yeah, I. Hmm. Mm. I watched. I think it was the. Was it Witcher season two? I watched the. Mm-hmm. It was the first thing I binged over, like the Christmas period, because um, obviously it came out on Netflix okay. in yeah. just in the start of December, and I binged it, and it's really good. The second season's yeah. really, really good. Yeah, it's very good. It's just as good as the first, maybe even slightly better. Doesn't, depends I've heard on it's what better. Like. I've heard it's better because I'm going through season one now, and I'm liking it. I'm not like blown away by it i'm enjoying it a lot um no i was actually I thinking this point the other day i was trying to think back over all the episodes of the witcher and thinking about I whether do... there was one that really blew me away yeah um i finally caved in and started watching the Witcher episode before I'm on episode six. Get shit on. <laughs> it's not a competition. So, uh, Raz is apparently it is now. Yeah, it uh, is Raz now. is. Uh, Raz is halfway through the season, and you're yeah. uh, I, I, three quarters of the way through. The I would say let's go into spoilers, um, but as you're going through it, I best not because I was about to say something. But no, well, it's we fine. can spoil the first four episodes because uh, <laughs> what happened in the fourth? Or at least the first three. Keep it to the first three. Yeah. So um, for those who haven't watched The Witcher, um, it starts good. off with. Uh, I actually think like. I think episode one is really good. I think it starts really off on a really it. nice yeah. note. There's a lot yeah. of people that complain about the premise behind episode one, which I won't reveal because that gets revealed later in the season and I yeah. don't want to ruin anything. Um, but I actually really like it as a start. Yeah. And I like how it comes back around in the end to be referenced. Um, and I think it's it's like the perfect kind of introductory to something. It yeah. is, it's kind of upbeat and it's lighthearted and things. Mm. 
and then it turns it takes a turn and there's a bunch of action and there's stuff happening and it's the kind of fall of a kingdom and you you go from uh, kind of seeing this like nice bright image of like oh people partying in the structure of a kingdom and a, and a city and stuff to the destruction of a city and mm. this arrival of an evil force um it's a great introduction it's to right up your the alley N- the yeah. north guardians yeah yeah and uh and yeah and then it leaves you kind of on a gives you a little bit of mystery find Geralt and find Geralt he is your destiny shall we talk um, about the actors and then, as well yeah. um what happens at the end of the episode? Oh, Siri just runs off. Yeah, Siri runs off and Geralt beheads a bunch of people. That's true, he does, yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. really cool. He becomes the Butcher of Bavacan. Interestingly yeah. enough, note on episode one, um, I was watching a, a YouTube video and the, the person in the YouTube video was a massive fan of the books yeah. that The Witch is based on. And he said he didn't like the first episode because he didn't like how it did the origin of the Butcher of Blaviken Yeah, how Geralt gets that. Yeah. He said it left out a lot of the moral ambiguity and things and sort of moral compasses and individual perspectives that the book gives you. Mm. Bear in mind, that one episode is a whole book. So if you want to go and like read yeah. the book, read the book. Um, and there's tons of Witcher books. But um, yeah, he was he was very annoyed that it didn't quite hit the nail on the head and it kind of comes off like Geralt is this just murderous whatever Mm. that gives more of that opinion and that message than actually the more complex story that's going on in the books which is basically basically it gives you more of a kind of it gives you more of a a kind of informed decision as to why he decides to kill everyone in the village and try and stop remfrey like it it makes sense in the episode but like the the, uh, especially sorry sorry. uh, i haven't watched the i haven't watched this video in a while so i'm just trying to recall it from memory but one of the things that really annoyed the main thing that really annoyed him was how Renfrey was portrayed because in the book she's very different. Yeah. And um, the whole the whole kind of moral dilemma of whether you kill because obviously there's the line he says where he's like I'm not going to kill something just for yeah. whatever and then Geralt immediately goes back on it at the end of the episode and does it anyway. Yeah. Um, is is it's kind of it's done better in the books because it's it's not necessarily it doesn't well, paint him as a butcher. It's just he obviously gets painted that by the town. Is, but firstly, books are always going to go into more detail about everything. Yeah, which is like fine, whatever. I don't. It doesn't really bother me that much. But yeah. also, the when I was watching the episode, it was like he was just in self defense, man. Everyone's being a prick to him. Yeah, and no, he was I, like, I, "I'll give you this. I'll uh, don't do this. Don't do this. I'm not going to do this." And then they make him do it. It's like, well, you asked for it, dickhead. Yeah. It's like those guys that he beheads. It's like they shot first, so it's yeah. like, well, you get what That's you true. get what you paid for, mate. So yeah. You want to fight him? He's going to kill you. I'll do a. Um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll try and find the video and I'll do a post about it in the Global Geek and Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I'll, uh, yeah, I'll that'd be great. Do a little segment because um, I, I haven't watched the video back and I will go and watch it back because it was a really, yeah. really interesting video. And I was like, oh wow, they really left a lot out of this. Oh yeah. Like, they stripped this back a lot. Yeah. And I was like, you could make like this. Maybe should have been a two-parter. Maybe, yeah. And maybe, maybe that was the kind of maybe they, what they should have done is they should have split Siri and Geralt's stories into two episodes. Yeah, maybe. And made like the whole thing with Sintra the introduction yeah and then this which would have been weird not having Geralt in the first episode but, yeah or the other way around having the Butcher of Blaviken first and then yeah maybe that way would have been better yeah maybe. Um, um but yeah Russ anyway. says, I need to get back into watching it I remember getting the toss a coin to you which is song etc and the annoying bard I quite like I the love bard. the bard I love I the bard he's great I, I really like him <laughs> toss a coin to your witcher yeah it's really good it's so good yeah um it's very cool. He's he's got a really good 
song in the second season as well. Oh really yeah, yeah. As well. Um, now I really, I really enjoy sort of stamp your foot I, kind of music. I understand if people find him annoying because he is a bit like. Does he feel a bit out of place in the whole Witcher world? Because he, in the nicest way possible, he feels like a kind of a Marvel, like, comedy, just like a character like that. How's he? You played The Witcher Three? Is he? In, yeah. He's in the. What's his name again? I forgot his name. Not Dandelion, is it? Yeah. I have fucking no idea. Oh, this has been so long. Um, I just nerves the bard. I don't. I don't really. I may or may not have been distracted at certain points. Yeah. So, um, it's all fine. Uh, I'm still enjoying it though, which is really good. Um, but I played The Witcher Three. Yeah, Witcher Danny Three. Dandelion's original Polish name Jaskia means buttercup. Wow. So yeah, he is. It's the same. It's the same character. Jaskia is Dandelion. Oh, so it is Dandelion then. Yeah. That that is that is him. Oh no, yeah, yeah. So Dandelion is this sort of like. He he dresses in pink. And he's very flamboyant, and he's very like out there, and he is quite funny. So yeah, I could probably see him. Um, yeah, he's kind what of the same he... thing. Why is he not giving me the thing? thing. <laughs> he gave me a really good. Uh, Raz says I like the bard. He's the reason I play bard on Final Fantasy fourteen because I realise that being a bard, I can annoy people. Yeah, that's fair. That is a good way to play a bard. <laughs> that's that's very good. Yeah. Um. um... Yeah, he's he's got a change of name for the for the show. Uh, I don't know whether it's uh, okay. Here we go. Uh, da, 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 sorry. Ah, God, no! What's going on? This episode is brought to you by Will scrolling through a phone. Will scrolling through um, phones. I do apologise, everybody. Um, um, sponsored by thumb tapping and. Uh, you can literally play instruments to people on a game as a bard and I just go around playing hot cross buns to random peeps one <laughs> I mean do what you want mate fair play <laughs> that's good stuff oh here we go okay yeah so yeah um, so yeah Jaskier is his like Polish name yeah and it is in the books yeah and when it was translated for the games it translated into English to buttercup which obviously doesn't suit a bard no so they changed it to dandelion Great. For the games. Cool. But within the show, they've gone with the original name, Yaskia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I remember him coming onto the scene and him being like sort of like the same characteristics as Dandelion. I was like, is that the same dude? And I just didn't research so, it yes, like it's Will the did. exact same character. There we go. Okay, no, that makes sense. I really like him. Just with the um, different name, so. No, yeah, he's good in the game. He's good in the game. Yeah. <laughs> he's really good. <laughs> I remember um, seeing some like, clips of him. He's very funny yeah. in the game. The game is so long, though, but, really, but it's so um, worth it. I like the... Uh... Yeah, I just... I like... I like this kind of idea of a kind of um I know I like I like the idea of having kind of <sighs> what am I trying to say here? I don't know what you're trying to say. What are you trying to say, trying to say Will? Um I don't know. I I like I like the idea of having characters like that in a fantasy world to kind of sprinkle in and and make but I know what you mean is that, that it does seem a little bit like he's the only one. And I think it's because mm. we don't really see that many people doing the same kind of things Yaskia does in the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a kind of... There's a, maybe a slight criticism you could draw here that mm. you don't necessarily see within the world of The, the Witcher a kind of enough of the community in things mm. and the culture. I think if you were to see more, then he would fit... It would be less 
slightly less jarring, especially when because when you meet Yaskier in the show, obviously he's halfway up a mountain in the middle of nowhere in this small <laughs> town, yeah. and it's like he's the only bright personality. Everybody else is a Grinch, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it's kind of jarring that way. And they have yeah. we haven't. There's been a couple of times where he's been in Civilization, but we they haven't really like because when you find him in the games, he's always like in a city. Yeah, and he's surrounded by other people who are colourful, and yeah, yeah. and you meet other characters. You meet so many characters I know in the Witcher games, but like you meet so many NPCs that are colourful as well. Yeah. So it gives you a sense of like, oh no, there's more more people than just this guy who are completely mad in yeah. this world, you know. Um, but no, yeah, cool. no, it's good. Um, the game is very long. I only got through about half of it, and I remember watching you play the rest of it in front of me. Yeah, I remember that. It was like last year or the year before, something like that. I went through the entirety of The Witcher Three. Um, and I ended God up... bless you. <laughs> no, honestly, it, like, it was, what, 150 hours or something like that? Stupid amount of time. It's so worth it. I never got bored. There's so much to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, I wanted to like 100% complete it as well. Like, get all the it's side the, quests uh, out mark of the way of good world building. Yeah, um, very, very good. Even the DLCs, oh my God, they are so good. They're incredible. Um, but yeah, that's The Witcher. Um, hopefully, by this time next week, and we go through... Because uh, yeah, uh, we'll talk about more of us at the end. But next time uh, on the podcast, we'll do like best and worst things we watched last year, and hopefully this time next week, I would have watched all of Witcher two as well, Witcher season two. So that might be on my list or not. I don't know. Um, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'm stuff. trying to give you a little bit of a, a teaser for the second season. Yeah. Um, it picks up right after the ending of the first. The ending of the first season. Good stuff. That's what I will say. Mm. Um, so you jump, you jump kind of straight in after the aftermath of everything. Very good, very um, good. And it's really good. And and uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really good. Um, did what, you what's something it? you watched? What's, uh, right. Okay. So let's talk about um, get into a couple of things, Ryan. Do it. I watched the rest of Hawkeye because I said I was going to watch that. Um, good place to start. We left off where bloody we knew that Kingpin was back. Ooh. Vincent Nofrio. Yeah, we're going full spoilers of Hawkeye. It's been out for like. Three weeks now, whatever. Two weeks. Finished like just before Christmas, so um, like the episode had just come out on the, when we last released last podcast. So yeah, so Kingpin's back. Vincent D'Onofrio is back as Kingpin. Um, he's really good. Um, he's he's near enough the same characteristics and mannerisms. He's still very threatening, and I love that some points throughout the the uh, the episode whenever he. You know, you know, you have like the cutbacks from like different characters when they're talking, like, and then whenever someone was talking to Kingpin, Kingpin like took up maybe like a quarter of the screen, and it was sort of like the camera was slightly raised to make it him like really imposing figure. Look like he's like into the Spidey verse, kind of, where he's, like, yeah, but not not like <laughs> a literal wall. Um, no, but I, I've I really liked that, and I really liked that when he was talking. You know, the camera was positioned to make him look really big and menacing and stuff and yeah it was really really good seeing him back um obviously yelena's great there was uh i'm not sure if you just want me to spoil the, the ending of it are you gonna watch it no i'm not gonna watch no, it i'm not gonna watch it uh yelena and hawkeye have a fight because obviously they do yeah because uh, we knew that at the end of black widow the post credit scene and obviously she doesn't kill him because why would you would have been cool if she did because this uh, is a marvel property yeah. but it was actually quite yeah, again, like, I might go back and forth on this entire thing, because I really want to know what you think about um, predicting how things turn out in movies and shows and stuff. It doesn't really bother me that much, but I might, you know, again, 
contradict myself in things that I will talk about today. Okay. And when I'm like, me being able to predict this was kind of boring. But in this, we all knew that fucking Yelena wasn't going to kill Hawkeye. But the way they do it, it was actually quite emotional because, you know, Hawkeye didn't retaliate. He didn't want to fight Yelena because he had heard of Yelena and because Black Widow had always referred to, referred to her, her as having a, having a sister and stuff like that. So with them first meeting, he was like, right, well, I'm not going to fight you. And then she like got a baton out like a typical Black Widow character has and just started beating the shit out of him. And then when she was, I guess, about to finish him off or like do another like nasty blow on him he did the whistle that uh yelena and um natasha did together yeah. and then she was like how did you know that and it was a really loving scene i, I really enjoyed it and then you know fucking yeah it's like florence i didn't I didn't, is... I didn't i didn't kill your sister she was my best friend slash kind of maybe lovers at one point yeah. we don't really know it's kind of a bleak yeah but yeah, and then, like he really explained her, and by the way she jumped <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he basically he basically like said oh he, she sacrificed herself to save the universe and it's like obviously you know you being a yelena and the way she was um she was like oh no you're lying and and then yeah when he did the whistle that's when she sort of made that realization is oh you were close to my sister like sort of thing and yeah it was, re- it was really nice and sweet um so that was really good. And Yelena and Kate Bishop have a really, really funny scene where they're... Yelena, I think it was in episode five where they sort of have a first conversation and Florence Pugh's actually eating mac and cheese with hot sauce. And normally like actors have like a spit bucket. But no, she was genuinely just eating it. Um, and in that scene, she was being quite passive-aggressive and threatening towards Kate Bishop, even though Florence Pugh is just... A sweetheart and she's really really funny yeah um but then there's a moment where they're like going through a building and uh bloody uh yelena was like oh just don't stop me don't don't get in my way and kate bishop just being like that annoying sister that just always rebelled against her and it was it was exactly like that just another sisterly rivalry like there's a moment in the oh, what was it there's a moment in an elevator where they were going down um Kate Bishop wanted to go onto a different floor that Yelena was going out from, and then they had a little scuffle, and then like Kate Bishop just straight up slaps her in the face, and then the both of them have this realization like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> what did you do that for? So they're great. Their, their chemistry was off the charts. Um, I want to say Kingpin, as much as his like personality was completely the same with uh, Daredevil show. He's kind of OP now. He just takes an arrow to the chest and he's like, fuck is that? Like, they've really gone more of a comic book route. Cam was saying this to me earlier. Yeah. He was explaining the fight scene in, in the last yeah. episode with the kingpin. And he was like, oh, he takes an arrow to the chest, he gets thrown through a building, he gets blown up. I was yeah, like, he's fine. Well, is this like a cartoon show? What the fuck is that? Kind of. Like, if you do watch it, it's kind of like, well, hang on. It, you, you, could go, you could go either two ways. You could be like, oh, that's not realistic. Well, I mean, there's a guy that can shrink into an ant and there's a guy that can literally take a cinder block to the face and he's Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, so didn't it's you like... see the giant thing that turned up in, yeah. you know, Eternals? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> like... so you, you can suspend your disbelief um, enough, then you'll understand. But yeah, like Kingpin just gets like thrown about all the place and he's still really good. And then right at the end of the episode, Echo, who is this um, know, like mob leader, who is under Kingpin. A Kingpin is like her uncle, like step uncle. Well, 
guardian takes her in uh, after stuff happens um, and then she finds out that he is the reason why her dad dies and then there's this really cool thing that loads of people got really angry at over twitter and it was really funny to see um she just shoots him in the face um off camera so you're like well he's not dead he's not dead is he well, yeah. firstly he's not dead for that reason you don't see his body and then second reason is why the fuck would you bring kingpin back for one episode just to kill him off they're obviously not going to kill him off. And it's kind of more confirmed where everybody realized, oh yeah, it's a literally an exact scene from the comics where Echo shoots Kingpin in the eyes and then you just see Kingpin later with fucking bandages over his eyes. And you're like, okay, cool, he's not dead. Comic book moment, yep. yeah. Classic. Which is like, cool. Um, yeah, it's good. Hawkeye's all right. It's pretty good. I probably just put it behind Loki as my favorite oh, really? Marvel show. Yeah, I still love Loki, man. Loki's so good. Um, that was it. I did not expect to talk about that for so long, but that was good. Uh, what else did I see? Um, I'm I'm debating what to talk about next. Uh, let's let's talk about this. I don't have a lot to say about it. Um, first episode of Book of Boba Fett came out. It's all right. It did. It's fine. It's fine. You, yeah. You. The setup is you see how he exited the Sarlacc pit. It's exactly what you thought. Just climbs out. Just climbed he out. Just climbs out. Which is right, yeah, fine, cool. That's right. And then you just but get also more like, of why, how, why are there not he more can. people climbing out? Because he can. Well, no, he, he, he's like he's like in the Sarlacc pit, and he's like, and he sort of like half wakes up, realizes where he is, and he struggles. He f- sees like a another stormtrooper in there because loads of stormtroopers fell in the Sarlacc pit, and then he gets like a tube that connects like the helmet to an oxygen tank that is like a stormtrooper has apparently. Um, and then he breathes a little bit of oxygen, gets his energy, and then just climbs out. And you're like, okay, cool. That's how Boba Fett came back. Um, and then also, you see like how he lost his armor, because that's what we see in Mandalorian. And then you see where he is now. It's sort of like side by side. Um, you know, Boba Fett now has to sleep in some sort of vat of liquid to help with the burns, like um, Darth Vader did. Um, he has to do that quite regularly. And then you see him in like current time, walking around trying to earn respect of the people in um, Tatooine. Or the people in Tatooine, on the planet Tatooine. And I tell you what, as kind of fine as it was, there was actually a really cool moment towards the end where I know you're not liking the fact that Star Wars constantly goes back to Tatooine all the time as a desert planet. It kind of builds on it a little bit more. There's like more monsters that you're like, oh yeah, no, this isn't a... (laughs) This is not a nice place to <laughs> to, live. to be, no. No, it does expand on a lot of it, because other than fucking Moss Eisley Spaceport, what else do you really know no, about that's fine. Tatooine? Like, I don't mind yeah. it about expanding things. Yeah, that's what it does. Do it, but, but don't, like, don't com- just put us in the random desert 101 every time. Yeah, yeah. Like- that's fair. So they do expand enough on it, yeah. which is like, I'm, I'm excited to see where they go. It's just at the moment, it's like, yeah, it's or fine. Going back to the same places, which they will be, because obviously yeah. he takes over from Jabba, but... Yeah, and that's fine. It is what it is. That's fine. Um, they're not, like, cramming in references every five seconds, which is like, yeah, it's cool. It's good enough. It's not as good as Mandalorian, but it's still good. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's Book of Boba Fett. It's all right. Um, I saw Doctor Who in New Year's episode. <laughs> there was a very heavy breath before that. <sighs> oh, dear. Oh, okay. Right. Um, 
I wonder if Raz is still in chat and if he's seen it, because that was rough. Um, okay, right. Okay, so... What yes, did you yeah, like about Yes, he has. Oh, what did I like? I liked the new two humans that aren't in gonna... Like, they were just, you know, the generic... There for one episode. Just there for one episode. I think the uh, the female, she's an actual like comedian in real life. Uh, she's Irish. Uh, I've forgotten her name. But she was great. Oh, I really um, liked her. It's um, Aisling or something. Aisling like Bow. Yeah, or, or something Bay, like that. Aisling yeah. Bay or Bow. Yeah, can't remember. I really liked her, and I really liked the other dude who had like the weird hair, and you know they they were they were good. They were good chemistry. Um, and okay, so I, if you haven't watched Doctor Who, um, I'm not sure if they had done this concept before. Maybe in one other episode. It's the one with Peter Capaldi, Hell Sent or whatever, when it's like the whole loop, time loop thing. Yeah. But they've done it again. But in this episode, the, the, the concept is they arrive in this building, like this business building, so generic, like, no, storage facility. Um, and then they find out, oh, a Dalek appears, and then they all get killed, and then time resets. But it resets, but a minute later, and it's like, you know, six minutes to New Year's. And it's like, Okay, so every time they die, they come back, it's a minute later, and the more minutes go by, the more Daleks appear, and then they all have to try and survive till midnight, but obviously each attempt is, like... Harder. Harder. So they can't just, like, oh, hey, kill us nine times, and then we'll just survive for a minute. No, they actually have to plan. So the concept's really good. I really enjoy it. Um, the dark four... <laughs> The Daleks are dog shit. I'm just saying it right now. Daleks, like, they used to be so good. They used to be so threatening. But in this, I'm just like, fuck me. You're terrible. <laughs> just really bad. <laughs> because, you know, uh, to be honest, I did enjoy the episode as uh, this floor as a fan that the human showed no fear whatsoever of the Daleks. And I'm like, come on. That's the point. So you have at the first start of the episode, the Doctor sees the Dalek and then she's like, oh, it's the most deadly alien in the universe. And then, you know, she uses the sonic screwdriver to stop the Dalek's weapon system. And you're like, well, if it was that easy, why don't you do it in like the other million times? The other time, a million, million times, times you've ever fucking, faced a Dalek. It's yeah. like, okay then. But then the Dalek says, ah, we're, our technology has improved and that doesn't work anymore. And you're like, okay, so just... I found a plot hole, but now you've just reversed that plot hole, so what was the point in that in the first place? Um, and then the Dalek also has, like, a Gatling gun. Like, uh, whatever the fuck it is. So you're like, oh, okay. So maybe... i tell you what, I'll go back to, again, my favourite episode of Doctor Who is Dalek and Chris, Christopher Eccleston. Every single shot that the Dalek takes, I'm pretty sure, always kills someone. And it always does some serious damage. And you're like... Christ, do not get in the way of this thing. That's what makes it so threatening and terrifying. And you're like, if you literally fail at any point, you're yeah. dead. It is a machine. It is the universe's ultimate killing machine. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it's meant to be. And then when you just see it in this and it's got a Gatling gun, you're like, oh God, this is going to be bad news for the characters. And then there's moments where like the... When... <laughs> tell you what, this is even funnier. When the characters are by themselves individually like they split up for some reason or whatever don't even ask about that and they're against the dalek other than one moment when they're running away the dalek like shoots and most of the time hits them 
But then when they're all in a group and they're like having a talk about, oh my God, we're in a time loop and an exposition to explain what the plot is. And then the Dalek just appears behind them without shout and exterminate. So all it has to do is just aim. Yeah. And they're all dead, right? No, misses every single fucking shot. And you're like, okay, that was dumb. How can it not hit a barn door all of a sudden? Um, Raz is kind of like talking as well. Also, they can please stop having the Daleks miss their shots and convenient plot reasons. Yes. Stop doing that. Um, and then he also says, having said that, though I did uh, really enjoy Dan this episode, Dan running around the Dalek in circles was so da- damn dumb. I tell you what, I was about to say, that's kind of a bit what I actually quite liked. I did enjoy Dan more in this episode, even though John Bishop, I'm not sure if really convinced of him as an actor. You know, fair play for him doing and all this sort of stuff. I don't want to knock him too much. But there's that moment where he actually runs around a Dalek in a circle and you're like, what? Why hasn't anyone done this already? <laughs> Again, it's like... Do you know what I That's actually kind of smart. Why hasn't anybody stood on top of one? Yeah. They can't aim up. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's that thing that you can't touch them, can you? Like the Daleks. Or it's your burning hand there? or something. Like in, in the first Dalek episode. You can't... Because they've got a force field around them as well, so you can't really get too close to I think they got them. rid of that quite a while ago, because I remember oh, I, specifically I don't know. Rory or someone um, spinning one around at one point. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't... Grabbing it by, like, the, the sucker and just, like... Yeah, okay. Fair enough. But you know what, like, Dan running around the yeah, Dalek, like, I was like... Amy shove one in Asylum yeah. of the Daleks? She, like, pushes one in it. Like, or someone pushes one at one point and it, like, scoots um, back like a toddler's car or something. Um, oh, yeah. But it hasn't happened before because they can literally twist the middle of their bodies in previous episodes. Oh, yeah, that was in Dalek, wasn't it? Like, it gets to the point where the Dalek is so powerful, it glitch, like, because it's, its body is, like, in three sections, it's got the bit with the wheels on, so it's going around and hovering and stuff. Yeah, it can turn and it's the got midsection. The, and it can turn the midsection, so its weapon is always on you. So you're like, okay, that makes sense. So it was dumb. It was so dumb. <laughs> I was just enjoying a bit where I was like, yeah, why haven't people done this before? Um, but yeah, Daleks are like, I'm, I'm going to say it now, they are now the worst villain in Doctor Who. Overused, and they're just not threatening anymore. It's like, um, yeah. It, yeah, it gets to the point where every time the Doctor says, oh, they're the most dangerous, most evil things in all the universe, and I'm like... No, until, you are, un- Doctor. Until you beat them the last 17 yeah. times. Jesus. Can't wait for the Evil Dan memes to come out of that. Yeah, that's another YouTube channel, I think. Um, I... Evil Dan memes. They're good. Yeah. Good stuff. But yeah, like, like, just stop using Daleks, please. Using Daleks. Please, and unless you're going to you, do when like... When you bring them back, do something really drastically different with them that's actually interesting. Like Russell that T. Ma- Davis yeah, and what he did. makes them threatening again. Yeah. Because that's what, like, if you think about Dalek as an episode, it's literally kind of a bit like being trapped in the maze with a minotaur thing. Yeah, exactly. You're trapped in, like, a building with the most deadly thing in the world. And because there's only one of them, and you're like, and like I say, because it hits every single time. Like, there's that one moment where, you know, the sprinklers come on in that one little bit of the warehouse, and a Dalek just floats and shoots the floor because the floor is wet and everyone's stunned on the floor, and then they all just get dead instantly. And you're like, oh, this thing's smart as well. Yeah. Like... Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> the Doctor, as an individual, just, has no chance. This is like, this is just like, like Daleks one on one, why and Dalek is such I, a great episode. I don't, I don't, I don't think, other than that one episode, I don't think Daleks work maybe as an individual episode anymore. Like using them as just one off villains. Because, like I say, if you're not going to have an entire arc about them and you're just going to keep on bringing them back like every other that's year. That's what, that's what counteracted them becoming very 
um, you know, saturated and boring in the yeah. Russell T. Davis era is every big like every big like holiday Christmas thing or whatever, or every big storyline or big plot point was a Dalek story. So you had like Dalek was the introduction one off episode. Which is very good. And then you, then had you had like Dalek's in Parting of the Ways. Parting of the Ways. Parting of the Ways, they came back and they were threatening in that. And yeah, and it was like the first real time when you see an entire fleet of Daleks and you're like, fuck. Okay, we're in bad news yeah. now. And they still yeah. throw threatening in that. Yeah, exactly. Because they've literally taken over an entire like station. And, and you full see them like people. steamroller like God knows how many um yeah. Cybermen as well. So it's just like, oh, yeah, well, exactly. Go. Yeah, like, like yeah. Doomsday, and that was like fair enough. That's cool. They're still how, how would how would the how would the Cybermen face against that? Oh, they wouldn't. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> literally, they would. There's, there's literally like four of them, and they take on like 500 Cybermen. You're like, well, yeah, okay, <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah, I, I like that. Um, I like that. Um, and like, what was that after that? There was like the Manhattan one, wasn't there? Daleks in Manhattan or whatever it was. Hmm. Or where they had the human yeah. Dalek or whatever. Again, when they only have... Was. And then... It was, again, they, again, like the whole, I guess, point of it was like the evolution of the Daleks. That's literally what the episode the was called. Co- it's like, I don't mind that because they're trying to do something different rather than just being like... Exterminated. Oh, yeah, we're, we're Daleks and we're here to kill you. All right, cool. <laughs> Hi, I'm a Dalek. I'm cool. Kill and then, like, the next yeah. one on from that was literally Journey's End and... Uh, Doomsday. Doom, uh, not Doomsday one with davros stolen earth stolen, stolen earth. earth and journey's end which is my favorite doctor who double bill um with davros coming back because again it's like levels it's on levels of, yeah, it's yeah. like you know you bring a dalek back after so long you're like oh cool then you bring back a whole cool. fleet and you're like oh cool like with the emperor dalek and stuff then you bring back like the cult of scarrow oh, like again the dalek, like yeah. the world building cult of scarrow like fuck that's a really interesting concept and then you have after that you uh like you know, the Kotskar are trying to evolve into human hybrids, you know. But now, like you have episodes when they're like, "Oh yeah, one of them's pink, one of them's orange." It's got pink and it's got Gatling gun on it. And it's got a Gatling. Oh, cool. Where did you come from? Remember the Power Ranger Alex? <laughs> yeah, that's I guess what I'm trying to like reference. Like, all right. And there's a bit taller. So and fatter. Yeah. Chunky. So they won't get chunky Daleks anymore. Um, think about that Dibby Daleks also dare I say this is rad saying this uh, also dare I say I do quite like Jodie's Doctor at the moment a bit more than I did I quite like the fact that she does want to open up to Yaz because she's lost so many people and that's she cared about before yeah so this is where I'm going to be a bit ignorant Um, I'll fully admit I have not been like fully watching Jodie's Doctor so when I noticed that like Yaz like uh, they mentioned in this episode oh yeah Yaz I think uh, Dan says to Yes, oh, you like her, like her, like her. And I'm like, does she? (laughs) (laughs) Really? Have you pulled this out of your ass from somewhere? (laughs) But I I did speak to Jem after I watched this episode, and I was like, have they just made this stuff up as they've gone along, or has this actually been a thing? And then she was like, oh, no, they've like hinted about it in previous episodes. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. That's just on me for not watching previous episodes. So it's like, yeah, cool. There's been, oh yeah, uh, oh no, there's been a hundred percent build up to it, uh, and the Yaz Phoenix for the Doctor thing is hundred percent leading up to Jodie's Doctor's death. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Well, be it would make a difference for the the companion to lose a Doctor rather like... than the other way around. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I like I like yeah, I don't mind that as a story beat, like Jodie's Doctor not wanting to open up because she's lost so many people in the past. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a bit yeah. like the Spider-Man thing. Isn't that <laughs> when you when you're seeing the Doctor suffer, that's when it's at its that, best. Isn't that a theme of Capaldi's era? Uh, what opening up to not liking hugs, or something? 
I can't remember. I don't anyway. know. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Again, I'll admit to being a bit out of touch with that sort of stuff because, like, it did sort of, like, knock me back. I was like, wait, what? This is a thing? It is? All right, okay. That's just on me. I haven't been watching most of the episodes. I think I've only watched, like, one, two, three, like, four or five episodes of Jodie's Doctor. I just can't be asked with it. <laughs> I really can't. Yeah, I, I watched the first two seasons and then I just gave mm. up. I don't think I even finished the second season. Not Oh, no, I did. You did? Oh, yeah, because with Time's Child. We talked yeah, about I, that. Unfortunately, I did, yeah. We talked about it on the pod. Um, yeah, I remember the But the, the the trailer for the new season of Doctor Who, or, like, I guess the, the specials have come out, and they're bringing back the Sea Devils, which I'm like, cool. That's all right. Sweet. I've, I've actually been asking for the Sea Devils to come back because they've only been in one um, episode. Allow me to be a negative Nancy. Go on, be minute. negative. I, I'm be sorry. A, be, a, be, I, a, be an ass. Whenever I have seen... Um, a lot of Jodie's Doctor's run as the Doctor mm. has been when they have brought back themes from previous like, episodes and things like the Sea Devils or the Daleks or... And you, like this is a bit unfair because this kind of happened before as well. But like the bit in the trailer where she's like, it's a Sea Devil. Like that's happened in like every episode. Jodie's Doctor has this like epiphany moment where she's like, it's this. And then she like speaks about it in like a really dramatic way, which actually has no weight to it whatsoever, because then everything gets solved really easily. Yeah. And I just have this feeling of like, it's that classic thing of like, it's the devil of the sea, it's a sea devil thing, the, the you know thing, and she's like, oh, it's a sea devil, and then there's gonna be some really dumb plot to it or whatever. Yeah. I just. I think that's more on the writing than the actual. Like, that's what it is. Yeah, I've just lost yeah, yeah. faith with with the writing in Doctor, in Doctor Who. Yeah. It's just so no weight to but it it's so it? basic it's mm. so basic and like uh, like looking back on the first season of Jodie the only reason that I kind of sort of maybe watched it all the way through and was willing to give it a chance is because it was far enough removed from anything we'd seen before from Doctor yeah. Who it, at least in recent memory that is mm. where it was like oh, okay cool this is like this and then when I actually finished the season I was like it was a bit anticlimactic yeah it's like, I kind of want there to be a mixture. I want there to be like, make new villains up. At least try. Because, like I say, it's boring seeing the fucking Cybermen and Daleks and Master all like turn up every other episode. That's boring that way. But if you haven't used an enemy in a while, like the Sea Devils or the Ice Warriors before Matt Smith encountered them, like, it, how many years was it before fucking Matt Smith's Doctor? Or like the Doctor in general just saw... Um, the Ice Warriors. It's like, yeah, I don't mind you bringing back, like, forgotten villains. Because, yeah, cool. Whatever. You, you can. It's been long enough for you to redo them. Yeah. But like I say, if you're just going to bring back the Daleks every so often, which there is a reason. I, I, I acknowledge that there is a reason for the Daleks coming back every so often because they have to, or else they'll lose the rights or something like that um, to the Daleks. Like, well, Doctor you... Who don't own the rights to using the aliens, the Daleks, which is weird. Because it was like some deal that they made when they first made Doctors. Like, oh yeah, we're making these things called the Daleks, but they're owned by... Th it's weird. Um, I'm going to Google it but, quick. Cause yeah, I Google that. Um, Raz says, Series 11 was alright. First half felt fresh and new. Second half was just plain anticlimactic. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I gave up after the second episode. I was like, oh, there's killer blankets. Okay, you're not even trying anymore. Mm -hmm. Alright, sweet. Good stuff. And then there's the guy with the teeth in his face. Tim something. I fucking forgot his name. 
But at least they tried with something new. Okay, I'll, give, yeah, I'll always give them that. Tim Shaw, that's the one. Good stuff. Very good. Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. Oh, I forgot about Tim Shaw. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Guy with teeth in his face. Good stuff. Sounded like a Stoke City football player. <laughs> Sounds like a championship football player, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what you I get. Just... Mm. But yeah, that was Doctor Who in a New Year's special, which I'm like, yeah, fine, whatever, I don't care. It's, it's fine. It's certainly a thing that happened. Yeah, so the Daleks... Though the design of the Daleks is owned by the BBC... The character of the Daleks is owned by the estate of the creator, Terry Nation. This is a result of something of a joint ownership of the character, where neither can really move forward without the other. In the 1960s, Nation had written a plot for and pitched a TV show about the species, but it was never produced. Yeah, because that would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> Fuck's sake. So I want to watch a series about a load of metal Nazis. Like, that sounds really fun mm. and full of personality. Yeah. Although we got that already, haven't we? Because there's like a web series now about Daleks. I think the BBC did, yeah. I, t- I don't you know. Go and watch if you if that's something you really want to do. Probably not. Um, <laughs> but hey, Doctor Who. No, I think they name... should still like. Obviously, they still have to use them, but just use them intelligently. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's a bit mm, burning. Yeah, but, like, I mean, I mean, just like <sighs> there was there was the odd episode when they did come back a bit of a tomb often, which I was like, yeah, that's an interesting idea. Like Asylum of the Daleks, like the Daleks being afraid of their own because they are I too wonder, dangerous i wonder if they will have yaz stay on and try and deal with the doctor's change like clara did with capaldi or if she will leave i reckon it's heavily hinted that she's having two birds that's true yeah. i think that would be a really good point to start on with a new season and with a new doctor i want to ask um raz has yaz actually gotten better because as far as i'm aware she hasn't got any character at all <laughs> other than oh hey i love the doctor like cool good for you because I remember us having a conversation. She one went time. from "Hey, I'm Yaz" to "Hey, I like the doctor." <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Yaz to "Hey, I'm Yaz" and I like the doctor. Yeah. No, but like you know what I mean. I think it was when um, ah, oh, what's his name? Uh, when the t- Ryan and the granddad left, <laughs> Bradley Walsh. When they left, everyone was like quite upset, and they actually wanted Yaz to even say because she was the weakest out of the three. Um, really? I just wonder. Not, what, not even, not even poor old Ryan, Mister Exposition himself. I mean, he had dyspraxia, bro. That's a right, that's... yeah, because he really seemed like he did yeah, after one episode. Exactly. Um, um, she, I reckon, job BBC for she has, I reckon, but she didn't really have a lot to go off to start with. I get, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, has she gotten any better? <laughs> oh dear. But how do you? There was only one episode of the new season, or the Flux, because. Um, there's a bingo card for you. Every time you watch the Flux episodes, how many times do they say the Flux? Take a shot, mate. Jesus Christ. Oh God, you'd, be, you'd be done. Yeah. Happens so buried. much. Um, but in, in the Flux show that happened with Doctor Who like recently with Jodie and stuff, the only one good episode was the Weeping Angels one. I was like, oh my God, this is actually really good. And then they just... I did watch, there was a lot of, I did watch a clip. Um, I did watch a clip of a few things, and I was like, oh, this is kind of moving in the right direction here. Mm. you got something going here, Chris. You, you're doing a bit of world building. You're introducing a bit of mysteriousness. and I think... And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, funny, the funny thing is, is um, the Weeping Angels one, the one I quite liked. I was like, oh, this is really good. I think it was not written by Chris Chibnall. It was written by someone else. I was like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. 
It was either that or it was co-written with him. And it was like, yeah, it's probably good because he wasn't the only one that was writing it. Um, but uh, yes, but still not amazing. No, no, I agree. It wasn't the greatest, but like, I guess when you're throwing shit at a wall, at least something will stick. <laughs> like, <laughs> the Weeping Angel one was generally one of the best Angels episodes, of course. It wasn't really, uh, it wasn't written by Chibnall and was uh, written by Maxine Alderton. Uh, no, I was on about yes. Oh, yeah, shit. Cool. But yeah, it's still not amazing. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, Doctor is fine. Um, did you watch anything else? Me, I watched. Uh, I, I've been on a bit of a King Arthur spree. Yes, you are. Um, you are. On I'm that. currently. I've mentioned before that on the pod, I'm reading King Arthur at the moment, mm. getting through it. Um, Robert Lanceling Green's edition and rendition of King Arthur, published by Penguin Publishing. Penguin. Um, Penguin. 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 Um, <laughs> Penguin. Mm. <laughs> Penguin. Mm. <laughs> Newt, newt. <laughs> Pingu. There we go. Good stuff. Uh, oh, God. That's a show we need to bring back. <laughs> oh, Imagine Pingu. Pingu is a villain in Doctor Who. Newt, newt. Oh, yeah. Well, the only thing he says is just Newt, Newt. Newt, Newt. The sea devils and Pingu. <laughs> he was the villain all along. <laughs> God. Um, Please. Yeah, anyway. I King Arthur stuff. King Arthur stuff. Allow me, allow me to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when I get my head straight, he wants to bring back the Ice Age with an arm, him army of penguins. Yeah, still a better plot than still all of the past three seasons of Doctor. Still, a, still a better plot than Timeless Children. <laughs> um, yeah, I been doing some King Arthur stuff. Yep. Kind of kicked off by the Green Knight last year. Obviously, I watched. Mm. Um, which was very cool. And That's very definitely kind of be trippy, your... and and but it was a really good movie, and I it was right in my alley, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so I watched not too long ago. I mentioned on the podcast I watched uh, the King Arthur movie from two thousand and four with mm-hmm. Clive Owen in it and Kieran Knightley in it, and a uh, bunch of other people in it. Um, and was made in was it two, yeah you said two thousand four yeah yeah you said it was pretty good. It was good. It was it was good. It was it kind of it tries to it, it was tries to balance the mythos of King Arthur with the trying to tell a more realistic story of what King Arthur actually, who King Arthur could have been or the people that King Arthur was based on. Because it's well known that a lot of the tales of King Arthur are just like made up bollocks. Um, that was just based on a bunch of, usually there, there's, there is one person that is called Arthurius or Arthur that people believe that he is based on, a real life kind of dark ages character that is referred to quite a lot in some scripts when i say quite a lot i mean probably a couple of times because there's hardly any information about the dark ages of britain whatsoever it's like a black spot in history of we don't know we don't know much about it we kind of know vaguely what happened during that period but it's not as much as you know all of the other periods of history there's not as much evidence and things um to put the pieces together um but actually he was probably based on Especially the legend of King Arthur and the tales of you know that were written in the medieval time period and was like a medieval romance and kind of Renaissance thing um, was based on multiple people um, and multiple heroes and a lot of the King Arthur mythos is directly referencing things that happened within history and just kind of borrowing from them and then shoving them into the legend of King Arthur to make them yeah so all about King Arthur um, and his Knights of the Round Table. Uh, but no, I watched that and it was pretty good. And I actually ordered the director's cut over Christmas. Went home, watched sat it. on my Larry uh, and watched it. Um, and it was good. 
There, but, there isn't much difference between the director's cut and the other one. It's just longer, more violent, and a lot of the scenes get extended by one or two lines of dialogue or by a little bit of action or something. Um, or a little bit of a kind of panning shot or something. Um, which I think it I think it is better. I think it helps to pad out what's already there, which is still decent, but not not great. It it, it tries to kind of it tries to tell a realistic story, but then it kind of fails to do so because it, it still has elements of kind of slightly unexplained mystery in it and you're like are you a, are you telling the mythos of arthur or are you telling the realistic story of arthur um but there's two notable scenes that get added to completely new scenes that get added to the director's cut and that is there's a young uh, a shot of young arthur that we get that you don't get in the original where he's talking to a character referred to as i think it's pelagius or something yeah. uh, but he's a, a roman philosopher basically and uh, and as part of the Council of Rome and things. And it's referred to in the original cut, Arthur refers to him when he's older, that he's he's somebody who um, believes in Pelagius' teachings of uh, everybody is a free man and equality and all this sort of stuff and, and, and believes that that is the way the world needs to go and that's the way that Rome should be built on. Um, and there's a few hesitant looks from a few of the Romans. You find out later in the film, spoiler, that uh, the Romans murdered Pelagius because they disagreed with oh what he was God. doing. No. Um, which Arthur doesn't know. He doesn't How know that he's that? dead and it's, deli- it's delivered to him by uh, somebody that um, Arthur and his knights go and rescue. Uh, the boy of this person they rescue is the person that they're going to bring back to Rome for the emperor because he's one of the emperor's special protégés and probably will become a bishop and a, and a pope one day himself and will be a good one. Um, it turns out that this this boy that they're rescuing is a little bit hesitant to go back to Rome because he says the Rome you believe in doesn't exist anymore. Like, Ooh. Pelagius is dead. It's all about corruption and greed and money. And, wow. like, you know, they're pulling out of Britain because they don't, they don't care about anything. And, you know, as, as I think I mentioned in the previous thing, it's kind of a question of Arthur's faith. They're like... Arthur has a lot of faith in Rome and about God and things and about doing good. And he basically the little boy is kind of one of the nails in the coffin that kind of looks at him and says the the kind of Christian Rome that you believe in doesn't exist. Mm. It's all about corruption and money now and power. Good stuff. Um, and it gets Arthur to kind of rethink. And that ultimately, that's why he stays in Britain, because he, he says, well, if that's not what Rome is, we'll build it here instead kind of thing. You know, um, there's a lot of cool themes in this movie. Um yeah, it's it's good. It it's it's like a three out of five stars. It's yeah. kind of straight down the middle. It's kind of it's a fun film to watch. Yeah. It's good fun, but it's it's not it's not perfect. It's got it's got its flaws by all means. Mm. Uh, oh, the other scene I will quickly mention is um, uh, between Guinevere and Lancelot, and Lancelot is just talking about his home. And they just have a conversation about home, basically. Um, yeah, and apart from that, those are the only two complete scenes that are added. The rest of it is just slight changes to scenes here and there, different cuts used and things. Yeah. It just makes the story better. Um, yeah, it's good. Good stuff. Um, the other night, I watched Excalibur, which is the 80s version of King Arthur. Nice. Uh, starring a who's who of British slash Irish acting talent everybody's oh, irish in this cut of king arthur <laughs> even king arthur's irish <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yeah would you believe it or not fuck yeah um yeah it's got helen mirren in it it's got um uh it's got liam neeson in it it's got patrick stewart in it it's got oh it's got tons of people in it y- you'd love it uh, if you looked up the cast list actually you'd be like oh my god this is like a, a massive let's have a look excalibur Excalibur movie. Um, Excalibur is a very well acted 1981 representation. Yeah, 
representation of the full history of King Arthur and the Round Table. Uh, it starts before Arthur. It starts with his father, Uther. Um, it's got all the weird mystical magic stuff that Merlin does. Like, Merlin is a full-on wizard in this. Yes. He is a full-on wizard that is played for slight comical relief, and actually it works quite well yeah. in being kind of a little bit insane and, like... Um, this has got a good cast. Yeah, it's got a really good cast. Very good cast. Um, it's yeah, it's very well acted. Uh, it has some very, con- uh, some very um, uh, controversial slash uh, <laughs> wrong bits about the King Arthur narrative that it definitely keeps in, like um, themes of uh, <laughs> including incest and oh. uh, uh, uh non-consensual uh relations which and that's as much as i will say um Ooh, okay. all of which by the way is a part of the king arthur legend um yeah all right so it's Can't all away from it it's yeah it's all in it's all there in the books it's there, it's um, see, interestingly enough uh the book that i'm reading uh by robert lanceling green leaves out the stuff about uther it kind of just it kind of glosses over it in a kind of introduction into everything and then you pick up when arthur is a young boy and he's being a squire uh, and that's where the story starts um, whereas this one starts some, like some of the other classic tales slightly before. Yeah. Um, I brought back a book actually written by, I'm going to forget who wrote it, um, but it's uh, this very nice, I'll show it to you actually after the podcast, it's really beautiful, beautiful. it's got a lot of great artwork in it, mm. and it's the story of King Arthur, it's basically a, a kid's version of the book um, that I had as a kid, and it's, the th- it's like the enduring image of Arthur, when I always think of Arthur, this is the the story i this is the version of arthur i think of because i read it as a kid um so i'm going to read through that after i read through that book before i get onto any other versions yeah um that version the story does start with uther so something that you learn quite quickly when you get into the arthurian legends is that each version is different slightly um this one is as well it's got different themes in it and stuff uh, Excalibur is is a good watch actually. It's it's set to, um, I'm gonna get up the name of the opera, but it's set to Wagner's. Um, is it? Uh, I don't want to say the name wrong. Um, uh, it's from Gotten Damrang. Gotten Damrang. Gotten Damrang. Gotten Damrang. The final segment of the four opera epic Der Ring das Nibelunger. Nibelunger. Wagner's retelling of Norse mythology. So it's set to the... <laughs> wow, that's yeah. something. Yeah, there, wow. there's a ride in a bit for this. That is, that um, is something. It is set to... It is set to Damarang, basically. That's, right. that's kind of like the opera. So anybody who's the, heard the... Da, 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 it's got that music in it. It's really, really cool. Um, what's even better than that? There's a horse charge that goes on uh, with that. Yeah. And it's so epic. Um, nice. Word of warning for anybody watching this movie... Mm. Even though the acting is good, mm. the script is quite basic. Questionable. And kind of laughable in places. Yeah. Uh, it's not aged well, this movie. No. Um, the action sequences are a bunch of men in full suits of armour clunking around. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. So you can imagine kind of... There's, lot of, there's lots of yars and uh, men screaming at one another. Um, on the battlefield, which there's a lot of in the first segment of this movie. There's just a lot of people shouting, just nice. like, will you follow him? No, I won't. <laughs> just, that is in the entire movie. Um, anyway, I will wrap this up, I promise. That's right. Um, it's incredibly cheesy. 
Yes. But it's really good fun to watch. I'd recommend. Love the cheese. In fact, I might recommend we watch it at one point because yes. it's really quite just fun to have. Love the cheese. Um, it's so much cheese. It's like uh, Spider-Man 1 plus levels yes. of cheese. And yeah, it's good. A lot of people um, really like Excalibur as, uh, as a tale of King Arthur because it's the kind of most faithful to the original source material and it's the most complete telling of Arthur's story mm. to ever be put on screen. While other adaptations obviously focus on usually the origin of King Arthur. Yeah. And um, which is what Guy Ritchie's film did, which is what the Arthur 2004 film does. Um, older versions of Arthur include the musical version. <laughs> um, the Good. Last Night with Sean Connery in it. Or yes. Last Night, which was about an older Arthur. And... Uh, and then there's the 60s version of Arthur, which is like proper golden age of Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Arthur. And Good it's stuff. Just, oh, God. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. And those are the kind of main versions of Arthur that you need to be aware of. Oh, and obviously the Green Knight, which is a portion telling of yeah. the story. Um, or one of the legends, anyway. Mm. Um, which I guess is what people are going to go down the route of now. Is pe- I, think, uh, I think there's a lot to be gained. There's a lot of really interesting stories in... Um, like one of my favorites, one of my favorite sections of the book that I've read is the story of um, uh, Balon and ba- ba- Balon and Balan, mm-hmm. who are brothers, uh, and it's really beautiful, like twisted tale of how the brothers go on a quest and then they get separated on this quest and they go off on their own to individual quests, and then because of their mistakes and their choices and stuff, and through the legend of like mysticism of medieval tellings, they end up having to basically fight each other to the death and it's oh, and they don't know they're fighting one another like it's really like there's a lot of potential there for a really emotional story that could be like stretched out and thought about and things um if i was to make a king arthur movie i would make that story for example because yeah. i think it's very interesting um but yeah cool good stuff so excalibur is uh like as a movie as a whole, it's probably a three star, yeah. just about. Yeah. Um, as far as a, a fun night in, if you just want to have a laugh, it's a five stars plus. Fuck yeah. It's, it's great. Get drink on it. It's, yeah. a, it's a very cheesy movie. Um, <clears throat> and it's good. It's full of cheese. Good. And we love it. Good stuff. Um, so that's what I watched um, recently, because I was just like, oh, I might as well watch it. Might as well do it. Um, it can feel very choppy, that movie as well. That's another thing I would say about it. It's kind of a bit like, it feels very much like a... It's, it feels very much like a like segments of a movie mm. or segments of the te- like a bunch of short stories strung together in one narrative played by the same actors. Good, um, because it kind of it's all shortened versions of like the quest for the Grail, uh, the final battle, and all of this stuff squeezed into two hours of film. So it's quite <laughs> like it's quite concise in many ways. Good, um, but yeah, that was good fun that I watched. Good stuff. Um, um, the most recent thing I've been watching, we'll let you get on because you've watched a lot more than yeah, that's I fine. have. Um, I, have I watched anything it's sprinkled in between? Um, I'm trying to think of. Have I? No, I haven't. Not recently, anyway. No. Um, I might have an update on this next time we yeah. do a pod. Um, the last thing I've watched is The Wheel of Time on Amazon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You said which this is this new said... fantasy series based on. Uh... Oh, God. I don't want to get his name wrong now. One second. Hold for a second. The Wheel of Time. Robert Jordan, that's it. Yeah. Um, who is not called Robert Jordan. That was his writing name. Nice. Um, he's actually called... I think he's still... Ro- he might be still Robert. Don't get me... Don't hold my... But Robert Jordan was the the um, mm. the writings that he did. Um, he was a war veteran. A little bit on Robert Jordan, just quickly. Yeah. Uh, he was a war veteran in Vietnam. Um, came back, uh, decided to 
write a bunch of fantasy books. Um, and a lot of people praise him for being the first person, because a lot of fantasy in the 80s that was written back then lived in the shadow of The Lord of the Rings by J.J.R. Tolkien. Yeah. And a lot of it followed that kind of directive. He was the first person that wrote a fantasy kind of genre. It was credited as what, by in many people's eyes, um, and many writers of today, like um, um, Brandon Sanderson, yeah. who is very well-known a fantasy writer now has a series of his own called skyward sword or whatever and it's really really popular um and he's actually the one who finished the books because robert jordan died before he got to finish the series of books for the Wheel yeah. of time series um he left a bunch of notes though um and he basically he did that he he basically got to a point i think with his health where he was like i don't think i'm going to be around to write these so he basically frantically wrote a bunch of how the story will end kind of notes yeah and where he where the themes were going and things um, Brandon Sanderson was obviously a, an acclaimed writer. Actually, was picked out by his widow, by Robert Jordan's widow, who was the editor of the series of Wheel of Time. Yeah, and was like, "Hey, Brandon, you're a really good writer. Could you please finish my husband's work for me?" That's really cool. Um, yeah. Here's all the editorial stuff that I've done for it, and here's all of his notes. You just need to basically fill in the gaps. Make it and, concise, yeah. And we believe you can do it because you're a really good fantasy writer and you're a big fan. And we think that you, <coughs> sorry, we think that you will. Um, do a good job. So cool. Brandon Sanderson is um, credited with like the last three books he's co-writer on because yeah. he, he finished them off. Um, to success, I believe. They were very well received. So um, yeah, there's like 13 books in the series. Um, the Wheel of Time is not a name of a single book unlike a lot of other properties. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a Song of Ice. It's kind of like Game of Thrones. Like, oh, there's one book called Game of Thrones, but it's the Song of Ice and Fire thing. Yeah. There's not a single book called The Wheel of Time. The Wheel of Time is just a concept in the books that is referenced that is strung all together and the series as a, as a whole is called and i believe you can pick up like a, one of those like joint packs of books that is now called the wheel of time series but mm. with the headings of the actual books underneath yeah um the tv show is named the wheel of time just for the ease of things yeah um otherwise it would be called something like uh the edge of the world or, or something or i don't know um or the eye of the world sorry not the edge of the world yeah um which is the title of the first book um it's really good yes um it's kind of inspired me a little bit to maybe introduce some themes and elements into D with my homebrew yeah um as i always do everything i read or everything i consume always gives me at least one or two ideas to put into D &D, um to write into the world that i'm creating but um yeah, I would recommend The Wheel of Time. I won't say too much about it. Um, maybe we could do an episode on it in the future when you could do, if yeah. you want to watch it. Yeah. Um, season one was very good. Uh, you can tell it's taken inspiration from The Witcher. Yep. Uh, as it's eight episodes long, so it's nice and concise and bingeable. Um, there's very... You can tell some of the themes as well, um, like how the stories are structured, how the episodes are structured sometimes. You, you're like, you pulled that from The Witcher, like you took inspiration yeah. from the storytelling there. Um, but it works well for this property as well, so go for it, Amazon. Um, yeah, very cool. Good stuff. I'll uh, I'll have a look into that. That um, reminds me. I'm actually one extra note for yeah, the yeah. podcast. I'm actually it's inspired me to go and get Audible, which I've I've yes. kind of been wanting to download audio books for a while. But it's been nothing specific. There was nothing until specific yeah. until I was thinking maybe doing the Harry Potter books. Yeah, but Robert Jordan's writing was kind of. A little bit inspirational recently for me and i was like oh let me listen to the wheel of time series yeah because it's a fantasy series that is 
we're really well acclaimed as being the first one to step out of Lord of the Rings shadow mm. and change the direction of fantasy and show that you can have a fantasy you can have all these fantasy tropes but it doesn't have to be set just in high fantasy it can be um set in whatever you want the fantasy to be like robert jordan's world that he built about the wheel of time was very much based on hinduism and buddhism teachings and legends and things and ideas around that um the idea of like reincarnation and things and um light versus dark and asian culture and things pulled in with elements of like european culture sprinkled in as well nice. um which is cool um yeah, I learned. I learned really interesting because I, I told you about the Wheel of Time um, off pod. I was I was nerding out to Ryan about it a little bit the other day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I did some more digging into the Wheel of Time represented in the books. Basically, the the people of the world of of um, of the Wheel of Time believe that um, basically there are. I think there's seven spokes on the Wheel of Time. Yeah, and each spoke represents the beginning and ending of an age, is how it's represented. Um, the first age is us. Good, we're we're starting it off, amazing. Uh, until the dark one gets unleashed and we have to seal him away again, and it kind of breaks the what is referenced in the books as the last breaking of the world. So the world breaks apart and then it's reformed and all the contents get scattered and humanity is sent back to the Dark Ages and basic technology and then we start again. Yeah. And the Second Age comes around and the Second Age is referenced more, which is the age after ours. And the Third Age is, I believe, what the books are set in. Yeah. I don't know. It might not be that necessary. I think the Third Age was actually may have passed and maybe it's the fourth or the fifth age that the books are set in i don't know um i will learn more as i listen to the books mm. but that was really interesting so that's the concept of the wheel of time but it's a really interesting fantasy series it's very cool um good stuff i will stop nerding out that's right boring everyone about <laughs> that, that and, um uh, what i will say is i've started listening to so there's a prequel book to the series yeah that is called new spring and that's the first one i decided to jump into instead of doing i could have done the edge of the world which is or the eye of the world sorry i will get it right the <laughs> eye of the world which is the first book in the series which is what season one of the wheel of time is based on mm. um starring by the way the series stars rosamund pike um and some other really well-known um sort of slightly lesser well-known people she's the biggest star in the lot but there's some recognizable names in there and all of them are brilliant good stuff um yes they all play uh the the acting is great and everybody is great and the young cast actually who play the main kind of five that are the chosen mm. um are all new names to me don't know whether anybody else has kind of um may have recognized them from other properties they've done things here and there but they're all fairly new young talent and um they're really great all of them they they act their socks off and each of them um some of them are less developed in this first season i think we pick up with their stories better in the second season because everybody kind of has their own path to go on but um yeah it's really good it's really good i I thoroughly enjoyed it um yeah I'm listening to New Spring, which is the little... Basically, A New Spring is about um, Rosamund Pike's character. Yep. And her origins and how she meets her companion slash someone called a warder, who is basically her... She's a mage who can channel and use magic, and he is like the fighter. 
nice like D terms for you but there we go that's mm. kind of like the premise of it and and each each channeling isodai which is what um morgane which is her name uh, is what rosamund pike's character is she is a um she's an isodai who is a channeling magic user basically um bonds with a warder which is like a martial fighter to keep them close to to keep them safe when they go out into the world and things because not everybody necessarily likes um their what they stand for and their establishment and the white tower where the Aes Sedai live um but yeah that's basically the gist of it and this book is about the two origins of those two characters and how they meet good and also kind of the setup for the series that is the wheel of time so yeah that's really cool because you pick up uh, i think the eye the eye of the world picks up literally straight after they meet each other and mm. like they go off into their quest because that's where the series starts series one of the wheel of time starts um i would recommend everybody watch it if you want something to binge it's very easy to do yep it's entertaining um and i'm listening through the books so i will update as i go but there's a um a show that that kind of reminded me of it's probably nothing alike but um david tennant is uh had this show that's been running called um uh, 80 days around the world or around the world in 80 days something like that very famous story um written by i can't remember it was written by jules verne's yeah, I, I've, I've heard it. It's, it's coming out weekly, um, and I noticed... Oh, gosh. What? No, I didn't want to do that. You didn't no, want to do away. what? What? Uh, oh, my God. Things want to blow up? Um, what have I done? I don't I've know. lost it. There we go. You that's done. better. Um, no, but, like, I, I've seen that that's been playing, and it's got David Tennant in it, and I love David Tennant, so I might give that a watch as well. It's uh, um, currently is it playing on BBC. Yes, yeah. it is. Uh, I think four episodes is out right now, or something like that. Um... I've heard mixed things, but hey, I'm still going to watch it because David Tennant and I love him. He's a great human being. Um, there was a 2004 film of it. Yes, there was. Um, and yeah, written by Jules Verne. Yeah, as I thought it was. Good on him. Jules Verne, classic. Good stuff. Yeah, apparently it gets better with the later episodes, which is like, yeah, it's fine. Um, my mum and dad were watching an episode of this over Christmas. Yeah. Um, Just love David Tennant, man. Just so they, good. What were they? They were watching. I can't remember what episode they were watching. I think it was one of the first ones. Mm. All I remember from it was Frenchmen shouting. Yes. And a lot of running around. Yes. It's like an episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With a giant balloon. With a giant balloon. And not a TARDIS. Uh, it was just when they were arriving at the balloon for the first time. Yeah. Uh, it was the scene that I saw. But mm. that was yeah. That that's one that maybe I will check out in good time. Yeah. I might get that watch. Um. Um. The Wheel of Time, in a weird way, does have a balloon in it. No. <laughs> David Tennant? Uh, wait, no, does it? Does it? No, it doesn't, no. Oh, um, I thought it did for a minute. Um, sucks. Worst show ever. <laughs> I... What I would say is there's kind of similar theme of, uh, like, a journey, mm. is what I was going to say. Like, people running away from certain things and also going on a journey. Yeah. It's a theme of both those two shows. So, yeah. So, for anybody who is interested in those two, that's there. But I... Yeah, certainly something I will watch... Yeah, at some point. I'm definitely going to get around to watching it. Uh, is that what things you watch? I could just... I think... I'm trying to think of... Um, if there's anything else. Is there anything else that I've really dug into that I watched um, recently? Mm. No, that's yeah. it. That's pretty much all I've been... I'll try and run down things that I've watched as well, because some of them I'm like, yeah, I could just like, briefly mention it. Uh, Russell Howard's Lubricant is the Netflix special that oh, I yes. watched. It's about an hour long. It's really good. Uh, I really enjoy it, because I really enjoy um, Russell Howard's comedy um and he there's a reason why it's called lubricant it's not what you think 
Uh, he gives the reason that uh, comedy and laughter is the lubricant to making the world a better place and stuff. So he goes around and just like gives life stories about like him younger, and he sort of talks about like the times now, um, and he's all about like trying to, you know. Sprinkle that little bit of laughter in and Sprinkle just sort of... a bit of glitter. Yeah. Of lubricant, yeah. Spread some lubricant. He's like, obviously, I, re- I really like his... I'm not um... sure we should be describing it as spreading lubricant, but there we no, go. No, yeah. Uh... Spread a lo- <laughs> Do what you want No, for door lubricant. hinges, guys. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, and I really I really enjoy his um, show, Russell Howard's Good News, because, yeah, he sort of puts on, like, really important messages, and he just makes jokes about it, because, yeah, it's important to talk about these things and also just sort of point and laugh at how fucking dumb some of it is and what's happening he goes into like cancel culture and all this sort of stuff and yeah it's it's really good i really like it i got not really much else to say about i just really like russell's overcome i would recommend it it's it's dumb fun good stuff and it's got a really good message behind it um over the new uh over the christmas period when i went back to my mum's i watched dirty dancing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Patrick Swayze film, the classic. The classic. Um, I watched another... Because... Literally. <laughs> <laughs> After that... Um... I think I've only watched the last quarter of the film, yeah. which I think I came in and sat in... I think my mum was watching it yeah. one day and I just sat down and watched the ending, but... I, I was not half watching it. I watched the most of it and then there was the odd time I was like sort of distracted by something. But overall, I, I enjoyed it. Patrick Swayze is... What a darling he is. <laughs> He's amazing. What a darling. Yeah. Um, and we also watched... Um, no, I think overall, like, Dirty Dancing is like... There's a reason why it's a classic. Like, the chemistry between everyone is really good. Uh, the dancing is great. And, like, sort of the 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 development of Patrick Swayze's character, learning to, you know, love the person that um, he's with and uh, teaching to dance and stuff is really cute and great. Uh, and obviously the iconic song at the end, uh, Time of My Life, is really good at the, uh, as well. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of... Is there a couple of songs from Dirty Dancing that are famous? Now I've had the time of my life. That's that one. That one is the the most. I I think there is another, but I've forgotten it. I think there is another I've forgotten about, though. But it's good. There was another Patrick Swayze film I've watched, but I can't remember the name of it. It was basically when Patrick Swayze played a guy who was a bouncer at a pub. Um, I. Roadhouse? Uh, maybe I don't know the name of it. It just came on. I didn't bother looking up the title of it, and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is good as well. It's um he's a bouncer at this club. A legendary bouncer comes to restore the order of yes, a notorious bar. That's the one. But yeah. runs uh, a foul. Yeah. Of a ruthless crime boss who controls oh, the town. I don't remember that. But the stage is set for an action-packed showdown. I, th- I think I only watched maybe the first um uh for I only watched like maybe the first three quarters of it or something because I had to come back here or something like. That. Or I again I was distracted. Whatever. But when I was watching that, I was like, yeah, this is good. I, I I'm like the director this of this film. Yeah. Is Rowdy. Harrington, and yes, that is all you need to know Rowdy. about this. No, I really liked that film as well. Uh, I really liked the whole um, uh, the the concept of him being a bouncer. He's trying to hire other people to try and earn respect in this club, um, which is a bit of a shit tip at the moment. And there's moments where, like, you know, he hires a couple people. And then he sort of like fires them because they do some dumb stuff. And then they're like, oh, you can't fire me. Ah, oh, this is bad. But then he's like, no, you stole. So get the fuck out. And yeah, like the the way he just presents himself is just amazing. I love Patrick Swayze. Shame we lost him when he was, you know, he was fairly young. A bit too... Did you know there was a sequel him. to Dirty Dancing? Was there? Was it Clean Dancing? I'm just looking, I'm, I was <laughs> flicking through... Um, 
Patrick Swayze films because I was yeah. interested to see because I don't know everything he's in. Yeah. But I was thinking Flu. I think he makes a... He makes a good good flick. <laughs> what would be the Dirty Dancing sequel be called? It should be called Clean Is he Dancing. in it? I, I don't know. He's credited to be in it. So uh, maybe he makes a cameo. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um... He passed away when he was like, what, 57 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he passed away he in was... 2009, I think, yeah. I just saw. Um, it sucks, man. It's very sad. He was great. Um, um, what I love is that um, they, the the two, the stars of the film, he and... Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the female. Her name escapes me. Yep. It's obvious it should yep. be, but it escapes me. Um, yeah. They they actually hit. I think they didn't get along while they were filming. They they kind of had a. There's a few of those a, things. A contagious yeah. relationship. After they finished filming, they actually became really good friends. Yeah. And stayed in contact. And yeah, she. Because yeah. I've, I've seen her telling great stories about how her and Patrick kept in touch and yeah and stuff and um kind of was telling things about how sad yeah. she was that he passed away so young yeah. and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cancer didn't he? Yeah. It was. Yeah. That sucks. Unfortunately. Um, yes, uh, Dirty Dancing Nevada Heights. Oh my god! Is the 2004 dance romance one hour fifty uh, one hour forty five minute? It's a really short film. Brief for these days. Anyway. Yeah. Um, um, set in 1958. Yeah. In Havana, Cuba, is the the sequel. Good. Um, he was also in The Outsiders. Yeah. Point break uh roadhouse was the point break yeah yeah ghost is the other famous movie that that's a really good one yeah yeah, yeah. i really of. love him and that um he was in donnie darko apparently oh yeah a... apparently that's a good film i haven't watched red it, so. dawn yeah. is a movie that i've heard of before um, um i don't know what it's about I might have to make this episode War into action two. movie <laughs> um yeah, sorry, I'm aware that we're... Oh, no, no, it's fine. It's, it's fine. We still haven't talked about Spider-Man yet. Um, I'll try and uh, blitz through the last of the things that I've um, I've Black watched. Dog, Next of Kin, I Am Patrick Swayze. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's great. I really... Uh, yeah, uh, I was... I was Yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, this is really good. I should probably, like, properly sit down and watch this. It is a classic. It's an I, absolute I, classic. I need yeah. to sit down and watch it all the way Because we get a lot of those films where, like, we watch it and it's called a classic and we're like... Yeah, nah. <laughs> Maybe we should do a Get Educated yeah, nah. on Dirty Dancing. Maybe. That'll be good. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, I also watched, uh, again, briefly on... Jennifer Grey. Thank you, Rusty. <laughs> nice, you. Thank, Thank you. you also, you, uh, people have mentioned in chat uh, that Wolves has won against Old uh, Man United at Old Trafford first time since 1980. Yay, good on him. 1-0. Get fucked. I mean... Um, I don't care. I mean, in the current yeah. circumstances of football, it's not really an achievement to beat Man United, but there we are. Hey, it's still, still something. I mean, um, if we could beat him five, no anyone could beat him. Um, yeah. So, other things that I've watched, I want to I'll round off because I want to talk about this in a proper episode. No time to it. die. I watched. So I've I've obviously watched um, Casino Royale, which is good, um, really good actually. Quantum of Solace. I remember watching school and hated it. I haven't watched Skyfall, even though I started watching Skyfall just before I left. It was weird because we watched No Time to Die. I really enjoyed that, and then we watched like maybe the first five minutes of. Uh, Skyfall it's like the bit where Daniel Craig just gets shot and falls off a cliff um, off a building a bridge actually this um, is the end it goes into such that. a good song holy shit uh, but yeah No Time to Die really good I really enjoyed it um, I'm not the biggest fan of James Bond but I was like this is good Daniel Craig best James Bond 
match yeah. without doubt I, he is I, so good I heard a hot take at work from uh, yeah. from uh, somebody who works with us yeah uh, what was that they is he thought wrong? it was a really boring movie <laughs> I, I think I remember saying to you in one podcast before that there is a moment in No Time to Die where it's a bit like Last Jedi and yes that is true there is a bit like you can compare it to Last Jedi but it's done better, and I really want to talk about it. So we'll do like the James Bond films in the future after we've done a bunch of stuff. I really want to talk about Little Time to Die because it's really good. Um, it's definitively the end of Daniel Craig, which is good. Um, let him do other things because yeah, we we knew it was going to end. So let, let him let him, him do other things. Um, villains a bit meh. Yeah, I mean Malik's good, but eh, it's alright. It's fine. Um, kind of just a villain. But everyone, everyone around Daniel Craig is really good. Um, like Q, M, they're all great. Um, there's, it's so funny because you like Daniel Craig's James Bond in this film is so like so over it. <laughs> not in the fact, not in the fact that Daniel Craig is like phoning it in. No, like the actual character is like. I'm just, I just, just want to retire. Yeah. I just want to retire. I just. <laughs> there's moments when he's literally pouring himself a drink mid-fight, and you're like, oh, I feel you, mate. <laughs> That alcoholism is coming uh, on. Yeah, right. he's definitely uh, an alcoholic. I, yeah, it's I, really good. <laughs> yeah, because one, one of the things, yeah. I, quickly, because you said everybody yeah. around him, like the supporting cast was really yeah. good. I, I'm, I, I'm glad that I'm hearing good things that they all are really good and they have yeah, yeah, good yeah. scenes in this. Because I, that was one of the really cool things they set up in Skyfall. They brought back Q, yep. Miss Moneypenny. They, they set yep. up a load of really cool like support characters yeah. and then they just forgot about them, Inspector. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the the relationship well, that he kind of the relationship the relationship between um, James Bond and the, the the female counterpart that was Inspector really good I really enjoyed it um, and also ah uh, the the new 007 that everyone was losing their fucking minds over being like you can't make James Bond a bloody female you you just piece you got no it shut the fuck up she's just a 007 it's a number they literally make a reference to it in the film it's like it's just a number whatever yeah, move she's, on. Another, she's another double o agent which she's she's she takes the the number 007 after because james bond is retired that's a minor, minor spoiler that i'll give you but there's more to it than that but she is great she was the actress in captain marvel uh the the yes, friend of you yeah you know, know what i mean but she was really good because um what's a damn um i can't remember just type in captain marvel uh uh uh, uh um something something rambo not Monica Rambo, the other one. Uh, is it Marie? Maria Rambo. Maria, her mother, maybe. Yeah, yeah the mother. Um, yeah, no, she's Maria really good. Rambo. It's it's um, quite a good. Con- Shana Lynch. Yes, she's amazing, um, because she kind of plays a younger, like as if you know, what James Bond was in Casino Royale. That is what she is in this. She's beginning her career. Beginning her career, and she's a bit ruthless. Well, she's in the trailer, and, isn't it? Like um, yeah. I can't remember. What did yeah. they say? Like eight something months, or it's come a couple something of years, like or that. something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Of like how, two years how much or something. service have you got? Two years. Or, yeah. yeah, that's it. Two yeah. years field service. Or but she is fantastic in this. Yeah. Great. And and also, actually, I need to I need to watch No Time to Die. Yeah, it's, it, I really enjoyed the film. Um, um yeah, yeah, I recommend cool, that. Cool. Uh, what else did I watch? Harry Potter reunion that happened the uh, twentieth twentieth yeah, uh, yeah. year anniversary of the first Harry Potter film. Um, really good. Again, I, I really enjoyed this. Is really, you know, because. I guess like the whole Harry Potter franchise has been sort of tainted. Like the it's been a bit eh with the you know recent Fantastic Beast films and obviously J.K. Rowling being a bit problematic. And I think the 
The one thing I would say yeah. is I think that the the magic of the original Harry Potter films can never be tarnished. And yeah. I think, and the, and the books, by extension, that. Yeah. Because they were such a big thing. And I'm pleased to say... I'm pleased to... Not pleased to say. I'm not... Even, <laughs> yeah. I'm pleased to say, actually. My, <laughs> words tonight, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pleased to see that that's not been the case, yeah. even though there's been all this fucking controversy about yeah. the Fantastic Beasts, the I mean, Johnny Depp stuff, the J.K. Like, Rowling being a transphobic person. Yeah. It's like, very... J.K. JK Rowling is in it, but they they specifically mentioned that all of her scenes was, like, you know, filmed in 2019, so it's like, whatever. And what she says, it's all about, like, the first few films, about, like, who the casting was, and, like, you know, getting Daniel Radcliffe. And, so it's fine. It's whatever. But the main but part I of it is... She, it's interesting, because I thought... Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, this is why you should never believe a headline until you read the article. Um, yeah. I, I was seeing online that they were saying that she was missing from it, but I guess yeah. what they mean is no, she was in she it. was she was not presently present. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not with the other actors. Not with the no. other. Actors. There was a, there was a few there other were clips were used of her. There was there was a few other people that weren't there. Michael Gambon wasn't there. I don't think Maggie Smith was there. So there was a few omissions. Um, they might have had their own reasons. They're probably too old or too tired to do it, but. Most of the cast was still there, you know, all well, the, I mean, the original trio. During, it was done during COVID, wasn't yeah. it? So they probably didn't want to risk people's health. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That makes that makes complete sense. But um, it it was just refreshing to see all all of them back, seeing how they are. Helen Bollicata is hilarious. She is insane, and I love it. Um, some of the stories that they share on set of like previous, like I didn't have no idea about, which is really cool to see. Like I didn't know, and there was some like somewhat serious bits of like you know emma watson not wanting to return at one point maybe i think it was after the fourth or fifth film and it was like god like i was saying this with jen because obviously she's a harry potter fanatic and i was saying this with her it's like it just wouldn't have worked like i i'm i'm sure she you know uh, i'm the opposite to regret it's, it's thankful she didn't leave um, because if she did, she probably would have regretted it. And, you know, it just, I don't think it would have worked because she is Hermione. Like, you know, the way they were describing casting her, it's like, no, there's no one else. There's no one else for the part. The same with Daniel Radcliffe, same with Ron. Although, there's a, famously too said, said that she was too pretty. To yeah. Um, but I like characteristic wise, <clears throat> personality is spot on. Like, and that was another thing that I was saying to um, Jem is. <clears throat> You know, you rarely get this anymore with whole franchises where you're like, perfect, perfect casting. You know, you can say that with like a lot of the Marvel films, but Harry Potter, it's, you know, Alan Rickman is as Snape, Lord Voldemort being uh, from uh, Ray Fiennes. I think we've said on Gary Oldman that, um, is serious. It, the only person that I would ever consider to play Snape would be Adam Driver, because I think he could probably maybe. pull it off, and he looks, he yeah. looks the part. He looks like a young Snape. Um, there's probably other people that could do it, but, but it is one of those things when you think of Snape, you just, like, it's just Alan Rickman. It's just Alan Rickman. And yeah, they even make a, an entire segment dedicated to the people that are passed on. And that's really emotional. Like, I didn't th- expect to sort of, you know, kind of well up at some points. Like, even at the end, like, when they were, like, wrapping everything up and they were describing, like, where they were at the moment and, like, what Harry Potter's meant to their careers and stuff. It's like, you can't, like... I was talking to a good... It's really uni- good. I was talking to a good uni friend of mine recently, um, and she's a massive... Yeah, Harry Potter fanatic. It's her favorite movie franchise and things. Um, well, yeah, I don't know whether she'd be describe herself as a fanatic. I don't know. That's for mm. her to say. But she's they're her favorite films, and yeah. she was she was binging them over New Year. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Um, 
yeah, but she fantastic. was yeah she she watched it obviously and she she her review her kind of mini review of it was like the first part was really lovely mm. and kind of um great to see everybody back and then the second half was just so emotional yeah <laughs> it is like, it's so good it's it's, it's one of those reunions that i you know i i didn't watch the friends reunion uh, that they did earlier last year but from what i gathered it was just like Oh, it's just a bunch of people together, you know, putting everyone in the same sets because fucking why not? And like, you know, it's just James Corden just, I'll oh, do this, do do this scene. And oh, yeah, it just, it was like another fucking late night talk show reunion thing, which is like, I've watched, uh, I, I watched the first few minutes of it because I think somebody, I think it was on YouTube for everyone yeah, yeah, to yeah. watch from HBO was like the first bit of it where they meet and, it just like, felt the first like, few bits of it were like really emotional when they met, all met each other again and they were walking yeah. around the sets that was really good but yeah there was a lot of like game sh- it kind of turned into like a game show thing yeah it's just like what the fuck and is then this there was like thing? a bunch of celebrities were there weren't they that i was just thinking to myself like you weren't even born when friends was a. it's not about you this is barely this, born yeah. when friends was a thing why is this so like yeah it doesn't have any of that bullshit not really <clears throat> it's like they bring a lot of it's the dire- just the cast it's just the cast and the, the directors yeah. and the directors yeah and it's like you know chris columbus like talking about like everything and how what he was going through and like him making it such a another thing with the franchise harry potter you don't really other than fucking the whole johnny depp situation and stuff there's no other things that have come out of the harry potter franchise where you're like oh that had a really troubled production or that was really like you know bad for these kids none of that it was all a friendly atmosphere all the kids were being kids and they were allowed to be kids and you know when they grew up into teenagers they were tret as uh, treated as um, teenage, Tret- they were tre- as teenagers. Tre- as teenagers, man. Tretters, uh, sorry, that's my Devonshire coming out. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's alright. No, it was, it was a, it was a fantastic, like two hours. I, I was actually surprised at like, how long it was, but it breezed by. It was, it was a really good watch. Nice. Uh, so I watched No Time to Die. Don't say. I watched a couple, um, bloody three three more films i'll talk about and then we'll talk about spider-man real quick before i have to go to work i'll talk about these real quick rain the last dragon i watched encanto i watched and i watched uh, last night in soho uh i get on with last night in soho really good new edgar wright film it was it's a bit it's a different genre that he's tackled this time because obviously that's what he does in most films now like he did Shaun of the dead is completely different to hot fuzz hot fuzz is completely different to world's end and world's End is completely different to baby driver and then this is completely different to that um, it's a like somewhat of a feminist horror film, I guess is the best way of putting it. But don't <laughs> think, oh, feminist and again, PC going. No, it was the story is about this young girl that has got maybe a special superpower, sort of like a supernatural thing about her that she can see people that is somewhat passed away or something. Like she looks in the mirror and she sees her mum that is just around her, and because she. Uh, her mother, like the story is, she had uh, like mental health issues and she killed herself and whatever, so she sees her in the mirror and all that. So that's cool. She goes to London because she wants to do art design, like, you know, fucking Cruella de Vil and all that. Um, and she gets there and she's obsessed with the 60s, the aesthetic of the 60s-ness. Uh, um, yes, I do, uh, Rusty, by the way. Sorry, I just saw your message. Um, no, yeah, so she's... Uh, Obsessed with the 60s. And when she gets to London, she sleeps. And then she wakes up in a dream where she is in the body of someone from the 60s. And she's living the life of a woman in the 60s. And at first, it's like, fucking incredible. Oh, my God. I'm this performer. I'm this dancer. I'm this singer. 
then the the weird men come in and they're kind of fucking creepy and awful and you're like oh this is uncomfortable and like the horror aspects of it all is phenomenal like matt smith terrifying yeah generally at the start of it and you're like yeah you're just being like the charming charismatic doctor that we all know you and then he just turns into this vile piece of shit and you're like i don't like this and and it's not like the thing that oh men are bad and men are awful human beings no it's just the time it was and most men thought you know oh they had the power they you know oh in order to get into the business you've got to do this creepy shit thing with me and yeah it's just how it was wasn't it business yeah. yeah it's just how it was um and yeah it's fucking creepy and it's really really good some of the plot bits was like you know predictable um i'm not sure if i should spoil it because i don't know if you want to watch it it sounds like something i would enjoy maybe yeah. i'll watch it at some point i i would recommend you watching it because like there's some bits that i predicted and some bits that was like a bit of a red herring and that did surprise me or you know when stuff did happen i was like okay yeah, that makes sense but then one of the main bits that i predicted happened but when it did happen i was like wow this is actually done really really well still like you know regardless of whether i predicted it or not and it's like still creepy and emotional and but there's some bits when i was like okay this is a bit dumb i think it was around maybe the second act like something happens and i'm like just ask his name that's that's all i'll give you but yeah there's a moment where you know shit is sort of hitting the fan you know this sort of like uh, mystery is being uncovered and all you have to do is just ask the guy his name just do that yeah. then you might know or not know something there we go <laughs> that might help you out if you you know acted a bit more like a human but then after that it sort of like gets back on its feet and then carries on but yeah ultimately it's really 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 good I really enjoyed that uh, internet's gone on my thing so uh, I can't see no what did I say Rain the Last Dragon Um, it's fine it's probably the hmm. I much preferred Encanto um, let's talk about Encanto first um, again it's so the, so the music's done by Lin-Manuel Miranda and I love the music so go figure there's a reason why I like this film already the music is incredible it's like a set in a Colombian family uh, in like the, the hills of Colombia um, and the story is like there's this family that has this magical house, and the entire film is set in this house, which is also like That's quite really refreshing cool. yeah, and really cool. cool. Like the and the house is its own character. It's like you know moving tables, and it can actually do stuff and interacts with like individuals, and that's really cool. Like beautifully animated the entire film, um, and so the story is the family. Each individual has their own special power. Um, so when they come of age, they have to do this magical thing and they open up a door and that door imbues them with powers. So uh, I think one of her names is uh, Louisa has super strength. So she's like carrying fucking boulders everywhere and she's like carrying like 17 donkeys on her shoulder and stuff like that. <coughs> Another one. Um, I'm going to forget all their names. I just know a couple of them. And when I mean a couple, I mean just that one, Louisa. Um, so she and another uh, sister has the powers of flowers. She just makes flowers bloom everywhere. And she's perfect and she's elegant and she's amazing. Uh, and that's a theme to the story about like 
miss perfection over here can't do no wrong and like sisters have to learn to bond with each other and whatever so each each sister i think there's maybe about like five or six sisters that have their own powers one of them has the power of prophecy one of them has the power of talking to animals but then the main character doesn't have a power never given one and the main story is you know, that she's the main character. And again, refreshing because you're following this character. It's like you don't need to have a superpower to fit in. And then, you know, it's all these different themes about, like, jealousy of, like, your sisters. And there's also being accepted by your other family members, whether you're good enough. And, you know, trying to overcome, the or, like, you know, stand out as you're just who you are. Yeah. It's really beautiful and I really liked it. And the music's amazing. So what can you ask for? Um, Ray and the Last Dragon, however... Um, it's fine. I was kind of meh about it. The good thing is, like, the fighting choreography and the, the setting and the, uh, you know, dragons and the animation and all that sort of stuff. Again, really beautiful. And then this is what I was going to say earlier about, like, the whole prediction thing is I found it predictable and a bit too predictable and a bit annoying in certain parts. I'm not sure if you'll watch this one, but, like, the story is... There was a world that had, like, loads of dragons around, and then all the dragons got uh, defeated by this other monstrous, goopy thing, which is kind of generic and just bad. Is It's just a bad fog character. It's not even a character, it's just bad fog. It's just purpley fog. It's just bad just, fog, mate. And it turns people into stone, and you're like, okay, that's the evilness of this. Um, and then all the dragons get defeated except for one, which is the last dragon, which is um, Aquafina. Uh, who played Katie in Shang-Chi. She voices... Who was on my shirt. Who was on my shirt. I'm wearing Shang-Chi shirt. Um, it's good. Uh, she plays the last dragon, and then, like, you know, the quest is um, all of this this dusty, goopy, foggy stuff gets defeated with the sacrifice of the last dragon. Um, and then, since the last dragon has been defeated, the tribes that live in the land have all like been splintered off like into fang because the island that they live around or the world is like in the shape of a dragon so like whoever lives next to the claws is like called talon whoever lives next to the face is called fangs and tail and like, all that cool. it's kind of cool the thing is though it's all about the, the the themes are all about like trust and you know taking that leap and, like you know regardless of whether people are being a prick to you you Put trust in put people. trust in people, and it's just a bit too annoying. I don't like. Okay, so we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll compare this to Harry Potter. Okay, um, <laughs> that's not where I thought you were going. No, no, it's fine. Uh, so there's a because I've been watching, uh, not not been watching. I've been reading Harry Potter with Jem, um, who's great, uh, and she. We're on to Order of the Phoenix, where. You know, it's the whole bit where, like, oh, the Voldemort's back, and oh, no, 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 he's not back. And the one character I fucking despise in this book so far is Cornelius Fudge, because he's just like, nah, he's not back. And it's like, dude, literally all the evidence is here to suggest he's back. We're giving you so much evidence. Why the fuck are you being a stubborn prick? And I just hate those sort of characters that just don't listen, that are just like... And I guess the whole point is that he's meant to be not... He's trying to deflect blame and he's trying to not listen or whatever. But if you're just doing it out of fucking no reason at all, 
I don't think that's a strong enough reason for me. Do you, do you feel it's, it maybe sometimes used too much as a plot device as well? Yeah, like, oh, it's like... There's secrecy yeah. and the plans of Voldemort are being unraveled and we've got to find him in secret with no help because nobody yeah, believes no us one's just because being... one guy is stubborn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then there's another bit in... He's back. Early... Yeah, exactly. That's a really cool bit, though. But earlier in the book, there's a scene between Uncle Vernon and Tarry um, where... Harry's just saved Dudley from the Dementor yeah. underneath the subway or whatever. Because obviously Dudley can't see the Dementor, so he's thinking that, oh, fuck, Harry's done this spell on me. So Uncle Vernon's just being like, no, you're a fuck, you're an evil person, Harry, and he's just being typical Uncle Vernon. But then it comes to a point where they're having a conversation, I think it's one of the best things in the book so far, is that they have a conversation, Harry and Vernon, they're like shouting at each other, and Harry's just like, there was a fucking Dementor, I saved his life. And then Dudley speaks up and basically gives evidence yeah. of what he was feeling. He felt depressed. He felt cold. All of the things that, you know, the signs you, that you a met, dementor is around. Yeah. And then Uncle Vernon, instead of being that stubborn prick like Cornelius Fudge, basically is like, okay, I now believe that there's dementors, but I'm not going to continue and blame Harry for causing Dudley to be this way because it wasn't him. I'm now going to blame Harry and say that he is bringing the evil to us. So it's not... You get what I mean? Like, his motivations... Like, he still doesn't like Harry. He's not He's not blaming Harry. For the court. Like, he's... It's he's not, it doesn't matter about the reason that he just wants to blame... He's just yeah, putting everything on Harry. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like there's a new... He's now finding, like, another route to kick Harry out. Like, initially, he wanted to kick Harry out because he hurt Dudley. But now, no... He wants to kick Harry out because he's trying to protect his family from, like, Voldemort and all the Dementors and stuff. So it's like, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense of why you still want to do something to someone but have different motives of doing it. Yeah. Fine. Lovely. I, I just find it funny that in the same book, you have, like, my least favorite way of doing things and a thing that I find one of the best ways of handling it. That's kind of the same with Ray and the Last Dragon. It's like... There's a moment that happens where Raya, uh, Raya actually, what she's called, wants to find the last dragon, but everyone else is like, oh, no, 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 I should. You, they're a myth. You know, dragons don't believe anything anymore. Raya finds the dragon, and then eventually, later on in the film, the dragon reveals herself to the main antagonist, not the goopity goop fog that turns you into stone, but like the main antagonist to Raya, because she betrayed her as a kid, and again, it's all about trust and stuff. But the, that bit when the dragon shows herself, so it's like, okay, evidence. You have evidence that the dragon is real, so effectively, you should all come together because what you've doubted your entire life is real. Duh. Yeah. That's what should happen, should it not? Um, but that kind of happens where the main antagonist comes and agrees to meet Raya with the dragon to explain the plot device that they need to do the thing. But then again, there's this twist of, oh, she still betrays them. Cause. And you're like, why, why would you, why would you do that? You have no reason to act that way anymore. Like again, like the motives is kind of just confusing. Um, And then there's also a bit like, she points the crossbow towards the dragon about to shoot, but then, you know, you the camera, like, the, the film makes it out like she's conflicted because she's trying to listen to her mum to bring the dragon in so that they can use the dragon. 
And then, like, there's a moment where you're meant... I think the film is meant to try and make you think that she isn't going to shoot... Uh, I've forgotten what her name is, even the, the dragon... Uh, Sisu. That's that's the dragon's name. Isn't going to make you think that she's going to shoot Sisu. She's just going to walk away with her. But the camera moves in on her finger, pulling the trigger back. So you're like, well, she's going to shoot her. And then Rhea reacts by throwing her sword at her. And then she's meant... You know, the film is like said in this way that, oh, Rhea was the one in the bad in that scenario. It's like, well, no, because she was about to shoot the fucking dragon. What? <clears throat> it, it's so confusing. Conflicting themes. It yeah, seems, it's yeah. like... you're. I get the whole thing about you're meant to trust people like you meant to put your trust out there but like when you actually see someone actively trying to kill someone like the dragon the thing that is all the evidence to suggest that you're gonna save the world and the land it's like well why wouldn't i throw my sword at her why wouldn't i do that because i'm literally protecting the thing that is meant to keep us together yeah it's so confusing yeah it sounds like to me that you <clears throat> like that's interesting i'm so yeah but it sounds like you have like what you've given there is a really good example actually in two examples of like when a character continues to act on the same impulses and same yeah. things, which even just when, doesn't make sense, even when they're, um, even when the, uh, yeah, I just had the word and it's completely <laughs> slipped out of my head. Um, even when their reasons for acting that change, even when yeah. the situation changes, yeah. So you're saying like when the when the like it's okay for a character to still hate for something like Mister yeah. Mister Dudley does. Like he's just like. You're, but you've given him different motives. Yeah. You've given him a different angle to look at Mr. it. Mr. Dursley, sorry. Yeah. Mr. Dursley's like, oh, you're doing that. But the motives change, yeah. and therefore he changes his motives to match the fact that that what initial evidence thing, is yeah. now there. Yeah. Whereas <clears throat> in that movie, it seems like it's like, oh, here's the dragon, which should be changing all of your minds, and then they just go, actually, I'm going to just ignore it and hate you anyway. Because like, I, why would you? Yeah. And then there's also a thing, is that as much as beautifully animated and stuff like that, there's, you know, each section of the film is, uh, you know, because, the the thing the MacGuffin that they're trying to get was broken and all like the different shards was in is in different parts of the tribes. So you're going to Fang, you're going to uh, Talon, you're going to Back or wherever to collect all the different things. And then at the end, you bring them together and it causes the orb and it like defeats the bad. And uh, and then it's just throughout the entire film, I was like, well, you're going to get betrayed by this person. Oh, that happened. Didn't see that coming, did I? And then, like, right at the end, it's like, well, all the dragons are going to come back. Oh, they did. That was surprising. So, uh, yeah, I I'm being contradicting so myself. Felt, uh, this is how I felt about Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. Places. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't know, but I guess if it was just... Yeah, I don't know. I, Yeah. It, it's, it, I find it really confusing and weird. It's like... I'm fine with things being predictable, but as when the predictable things happen and it's done so well, I'm fine with, you know, like one of the scenes in Last Night in Soho. I predicted it, but the way they did it, I was like, wow, I'm really liking this. But when it's just like, you know, Ryan the Last Dragon, I'm like, yep, that happened. You're going to get portrayed. Okay, you did. Wow. Yeah. Didn't see that coming, did yeah. I? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, that was... Oh, my God. Do we have time to talk about Spider-Man? <laughs> I feel as if... Well, when you're all... I don't know. Uh, should we do it? We'll talk about Spider-Man. If you think... Because I think so. Stop and pause. Mm. If you think that an hour is enough to talk about it or less than... Oh, fucking hell. See that we do a pod tomorrow. <laughs> Could do. Could do a pod tomorrow? You ain't got to work mm, tomorrow, have you? I'm not, no. Yeah. Um, 
Just drop well, actually maybe not. Oh fuck. Are you working Wednesday evening? Uh yes I am now because my work is being dumb. Oh for fuck's sake work. I know. I'm not working Thursday though. <clears throat> You're not working Thursday evening. Yeah. We can do one Thursday evening then. Yeah. There we go. Because yeah. I think to be honest and to be honest with our audience that is here with us, I apologize. we need more than an hour to talk about Spider Man. Yeah, we need at least like two. We need at least two. Because yeah. it's a I big apologize. movie and Ryan and I have quite a lot to say about it. Yes. I'm gonna change the thing. Apologies. Yeah. No, that's not a spell. Apologies. It's not. It was almost. Apologies. Yeah, some extra not eyes in Spider there. Man. There we go. <laughs> Apologies. Not Spider Man. <laughs> uh. But hey, at least we spoke about a lot of things we watched. I thought it was going to be a quicker, but hey. It's, it's it never things... is with us. No. We should learn our lesson with no, this, no, really. No, no, but no, there no, we are. No, no. It's the way it is. Yeah. But the things we did watch. A lot of it was good. Some of it was right. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to do the next one. Yeah, we we won't maybe have as much to talk about yeah. um, things that we've watched because we'll probably have less because we we both went on a bit of a binge over the Christmas period. Yeah. Whoops. Um, it's fine. But uh, yeah, it's all it's all good. Yeah. Thank you all for sticking with us anyway. But we will be back on Thursday, which isn't too long, um, to yes. talk about. Spider-Man. Finally. Back we on will Thursday, talk about, we will talk about No Way Home. This is about Spider-Man. I might record yeah. myself at the start of the podcast being like, sorry, we don't actually talk about Spider-Man even though we say we do it at the start of the podcast. Sorry. Yeah, yeah do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Maybe we need a little PSA. <laughs> yeah. P.S. This isn't about Spider-Man. Um, again. But, um, yeah. It's a thing that happened. Lovely. Um, yeah, so our plan is for the future because we have, was it, seven weeks until the Batman um, coming out. It's like yes. March 4th. Seven or eight weeks. Seven or six. Six, seven or eight weeks. Something like that. Um, but we're going to be doing, obviously Spider-Man, we're going to get around to doing that. Then we're going to be doing the um, uh, best and worst things that we watched last year. Now 2021. Um which I think our lists will be somewhat large, somewhat not. Um, and then we're going to be doing the trilogy of Planet of the Apes films because Matt Reeves did them, who is doing the Batman uh, film with Robat Batimbat. Um, and then maybe if there's a week free, we want to do uh, The Legend of Vox Machina, the uh, critical role animated show that is coming to Amazon Prime. That's in late... Uh, January. 28th of Jan? Yeah. 28th of Jan, yeah. Um, so we want to do an episode on that because we're massive fans of Critical Role. And then I after, can't wait. It's going to be Oh, good. it's going to be good. The clips that they've shown so far look really great. Um, also, we want to do then the trilogy of the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight uh, Batman films. And then hopefully the week after that, it will work out that we will watch the Batman and then do the Batman film. So we've got like seven weeks planned. Hopefully that's all going to work out well um and i know that our 100th episode is going to be in the middle of all that as well because this is 94 it is yeah then we do 95 in fact the 100th one might be might be the legend of ox machina maybe hopefully depends uh, on whether we concisely manage to do that Spider-Man, in the amount of podcasts best and worst no it'll be the war for the planet of the apes one if we do it that way yeah if it all works out and i don't split the podcast into two like I always have been recently. Um, but yeah, apologies for not talking about Spider-Man. Um, we we, we, just, will we get have out. too much to talk we, about. We have too much to talk about yeah. with this movie, yeah. A lot we love, and some we not necessarily love, but overall, it's fine. 
No, it's not fine. I, I really enjoyed the film. But no, we'll we'll go into more de- we'll depth of it. Um, what else do you have to say? Do you have anything else to say about I think, stuff? I think you've hit it all on the head. Mm, nail on the head, mate. Okay, so uh, thank you everybody so much for listening to the podcast this week, um, and thank you for watching us live on Twitch if you have done because we we do the show on Twitch. I don't think I mentioned that at the top of the episode. Um, be sure to rate us on whatever podcast app you can. Uh, five stars, nothing less, or else I'll come to your house and tell you to do it. No, I probably won't. I can't be asked. Um, if possible, though, I know there's some apps that don't let you rate, but if you can, just do it. Five stars, please. Love you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, Share around your fans. Your fans. Share around with your friends and family. Um, Because they might enjoy this. They might not. What was your opinions on fucking Rare and the Last Dragon and Last Night in Soho and King Arthur stuff? I'd like to hear it. Um, You can email us at cityofgeekandpod at gmail.com for the recommendations and also your opinions. So yeah, do it that way if if you think you'd like to do it. Uh, Or you can join us up on the Facebook group, Globe of Geekum. Just type that in. It's a private group. And I only want sort of people in there that actually give a shit. You know, if you're passionate about something individual, whether it's cars or fridges or bloody Spider-Man or your, or your doormat. Or if you want to talk about how great your doormat is, come into the group. I'll accept you. And then you could just nerd about how good your dressing gown is as well. Add that on top of everything. Um, you can follow me on Twitter personally. I'm at the Rizzikins. Uh And like I say, you can watch the show live on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash Rizzikins. Everything's Rizzikins nowadays. You better believe it. And also, I got plans for the future. Hopefully, because I want exciting plans. I want to. I just need to get off my ass and start doing it. Um, Stop procrastinating because uh, I, you know, want to do a little bit more of what I'm passionate about and not just go to do a fucking weird job. I'm kind of sick of it. Well, it's not that kind of a weird job, but I mean, it's not weird, but it's like I'm not doing anything with my life currently, and I want to start, like you know, doing what I care about, not just do the same shit yeah same shit every day yeah thank you everybody thank you will for joining and we shall see you next time on the podcast take care bye bye bye